target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Live. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Gentlemen. Where? Well, welcome to the show. Where? Hey. And the technical glitch begins. <laughs> it's like we have a fucking gremlin behind the boards tonight. <laughs> Justin Grubbs, who is our guest tonight, was also the uh, producer last week and first time producing last week. Yep. And how many technical errors did you make? I don't think I made any. No, nope, zero. Just saying. <laughs> and I'm starting <laughs> hard with one. <laughs> and, and we talked about this yesterday at the DZ that we're going to go ahead and swing for the fences and fuck it up from the beginning. So <laughs> way, way to commit, Nick. Well, I mean, I know this guy, DJ Marvin, who trains about primacy and recency. And that primacy is winning. Primacy. Prime is primacy. 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 I like the primal. I like the primal. But I'm so used to how the music used to start on the phone that yes. that's the way my brain works. So this iTunes thing is a new uh, new twist for me. And I, I the settings you actually have had the set not to loop. I was using iTunes recently and looped it. So. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, I changed the settings. I'll blame you. that one on you. There hey, you Justin Grubbs, you're our guest this week. Hey, welcome to on? the show, sir. Thank you. How's that couch doing? It's it's weird being over here. Why? I don't know. I'm just used to being on the other side. Oh, the, with all the screens and the, the monitors. One, the one and, and a half times over here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's uh. Well, you've been here one, two, three, four I think times. Four times, yeah. Yeah, four visits total. Uh, the first time straight up is just a guest visiting, laughing your ass off at Nick, <laughs> and uh, Tex being shirtless, which. Uh, Brian Menard was hanging out yesterday and, and had no clue you guys did the shirtless episode. So, uh, really? Yeah, we, a lot of That's our. a surprise. Yeah, a lot of our. <laughs> why? Because he's gay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking hot. A gay man must know I was naked. Is uh, that how you feel? Primalcy. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a good word for the for Tex and myself. Uh, no, I think it, I'm just basing this on how excited Jimmy was. Oh yeah. So I just expected that to be the norm. And that Jimmy might have told Brian. Brian uh, is one of those fans who listens almost always on the podcast, and I really appreciate that. Uh, anybody who listens to the podcast, apparently, some of you guys literally go back and find the video clips of the shit that we just lose our lunch over, and say, "I wanted to see." Uh, uh, Brian said he wanted to see Hugh when he was in the background <laughs> making an ass of himself. <laughs> I love you, Hugh. Um, so Brian went back to watch the video. And, and don't go back and watch that video, guys. He was never in the video, so you don't get to see who there, he is. There are, a, there are a few shots of him. Is there? Yeah. I mean, they're they're short. But when I... God, I feel almost bad talking uh, shit about this guy. Because he's not here to defend himself. But no, I the first time I passed him the microphone... Before I realized how drunk he was, uh -huh. he was trying to say something, and I was like, oh, well, you're a guest here. Let me pass you the microphone. And so I pu pushed it over to him and realized immediately that that was not the right move to have done. <laughs> but for that first time I gave it to him, I'm pretty positive that I turned the camera on onto him while he uh, started his, his rambling. All right. That, that was uh, Tom Tom Noonan was our guest. If you guys want to watch a pretty entertaining podcast with a lot of uh, fun stuff about uh, skydiving over Mount Everest and a bunch of drunk gibberish yell yelled 
randomly through the podcast. Uh, by the way, if you're just tuning into this live, please do me a favor. Hit your uh, share button on your Facebook uh, app, your your web browser, whatever you listen to us on. If you're on the shitter right now, wiping front to back or back to front, I don't care. <laughs> hit the share button, guys. Help spread the word. Uh, we really have a huge goal this year of growing as a podcast. Justin, uh, I, I told Nick I'd start referring to you and Ben as our lab rats. Uh, Justin being our newest lab rat, uh, I put a lot of thought in at the end of last year of, of, of goals for this year and, and definitely want to take this to the next level with growth. So, guys, hit the share button. Let your friends know about it. Download the podcast. Um, right now, I, I got to talk about that silly thing we did last time, and we got to start doing some ads. And one person who has supported us from the beginning is Option Studios. And Nick, if you'll switch that camera over to you just for one second. <laughs> well, hey, everybody. Option Studios <laughs> is that right back there behind Nick. Option Studios, really good should dude, take, a guy named Adam Buckner. You should take your shirt off. <laughs> Show him the guns. Uh, Adam owns Option Studios, graphic designer, and he uh, has done a lot of shit. He actually did all of GoFast stuff for uh, Skydivers way back when. He uh, helped with Square One's catalog, print catalog, years ago. He's done graphic design for LMB, for Skydive Arizona, for Infinity Rigs, for uh, Voodoo, Curve, Rigging Innovations, for Performance Design, you, you name it. Uh, Pull-up cords, wind blades. He is the guy to go to. Uh, other really good guys in the, in the business as well. Uh, but Adam's latest thing, Nick, you know about it, is the jerseys. Um, Those handsome goddamn Infinity jerseys I've been seeing. Dude, uh, Adam has made the uh, Pro Pro Edition or the Option Studios Pro model or Pro oh, Jersey. I'm so excited to tell you that Hugh Funk is watching right now. Hey, buddy, we're just talking about you. We love you, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably a couple minutes behind, and he'll catch up and hang up. And he's like, oh, shit, they're still on me now. I love you, Hugh. Um, uh, I'd love to actually have Hugh come back and visit us one day and give him redemption on the couch and give him uh, a chance to, to share the fact to the world that he is as good of a guy as I've said he is. So uh, you got to get past Nick, Hugh. So start sending Nick personal messages and e-stalking and let him know what you want. Um, those pro jerseys, man. Adams made the pro jerseys for Option Studios. There's the Rating Center edition of it. Uh, you mentioned the Infinity ones, man. I've got two Infinity jerseys recently. Uh, the material stepped up. It's it's a lot more snag resistant to Velcro. Um, the vented sides. Did you get any one? Did you? you yeah, the one, option, you? the TRC options. Yeah, the ones, TRC yeah. edition one, man. What do you think of that jersey? I like it a lot. the The mesh on the sides it breathes really well, better um, than any other jersey I've had. And that's one thing. I just got hit up by a gal in Sweden uh, looking at the Option Studio jerseys to order them, and she complains that other models stink. You know, I wear this jersey all day. It doesn't breathe well. It doesn't wear well, and, and I get stinky, and those jerseys really stink, and there's different manufacturers out there. But that's the one thing I noticed with Option Studio's jersey. Uh, Nick, when you first got yours, I think you wore it three straight days. Was, wasn't that you? <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a move I'd make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the cool part was is the there wasn't a lot of stink to it. The jersey smelled completely. No, fine. like my my that's a big problem that I have with Under Armour mm -hmm. is that it because it's wicking it soaks up my funk. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's uh, not the greatest smelling clothing. But no, I haven't noticed that with this stuff. And I think it's, I think it's because that that mesh breathes pretty well. So guys, if you want to know more about the uh, Option Studios Pro jerseys, go to PullUpCords.com, PullUpCords, P-U-L-L-C-O-R-D-S-U-P, PullUpCords.com, has all the information there. Options was that as dyslexic as it sounded? Yeah, it was I dyslexic. I think you put a whole word in a different spot. Pull up. You said pull cords up. Pull cords <laughs> <laughs> Which is also great advice. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, you said pull up cord. You just spelled pull cords up. And I was pretty, I thought, like, I heard you spelling it. And I was like, man, he just forgot a word. But then you threw it in the end. So you got all the letters. You just kind of. English is hard. <laughs> English, motherfucker. Do you understand the words that are coming? Man, mom, please don't listen to these. She'll get mad at me. Pull up cords, P U L L U P C O R D S. Just go, leave the spelling out of <laughs> yeah. it. People know it. No, I had to make sure I could fucking do it, man. I'm, I'm getting hard on myself here. Uh, check him out. Uh, tell Adam hello. He does a great job. If you've seen the LMB live feeds, Larson and Bruce Guard just does their live feeds. Adam is the host of those. Um, we actually host them here as far as the technical duties for Gravity Lab. But Adam is the actual physical host. So uh, give him a shout. Give him a hello. You want jerseys, pull-up cords, wind blades, it don't matter. Go to ICan'tSpell.com. <laughs> Anyways, Mr. Justin Grubbs, how you been? Been doing good, man. So one of the neat things we talked about is your father lives less than a block away from me. Yeah. Is he watching this podcast tonight? I don't think so. Okay, cool, because you shared it on your Facebook, and I was just kind of <laughs> driving the bus straight <laughs> over your fucking ginger-ass head. So uh, I'm sorry if he was listening. No, it's all right. So you started skydiving how long ago? Uh, three years ago, almost exactly. Hey, dude, I man, I had a good time looking through your pictures. As you've heard me say, I, I stalk you guys before you show up. And first of all, you made your first <laughs> jump with Chris Brewer. Yeah. And uh, I miss that guy, man. Chris Brewer, super, super good friends with John Barry. Grew up with him. And what, when was that? It was like the end of January three years ago. Okay. Or third week in January, something like that. 20-something. And then from there, did you go straight into the student program? Did you learn right away, or did you take a break? Or Took a little bit of a break. Uh, my first jump was with my girlfriend at the time. Uh, we bought the second jump, but I waited for her to uh, take her time and be ready to jump again because she was pretty scared, uh, as well she should have been. Um, and we jumped again, I want to say, like six weeks later. And uh, the second tandem I did was uh, with DQ. So I'm sure we had a pretty good fall rate. <laughs> I'm sure you guys were cooking just a little bit. Yeah. So when you started jumping, did you, a good buddy of yours, a good buddy of both of ours, a guy named Chad Hall, um, he was already jumping, right? Yeah. And you work with him. Yep. Did, uh, did he help convince you to come out? Was he part of the reason you got out here? Completely, yeah. He totally got me into it. Yeah. When I started, so I started working there the 1st of December, um, and, you know, from the day I started, you walk into his office, and he's got skydiving pictures up, and he just talks a lot about skydiving. He's that passionate about everything he does, pretty much. And, yeah. Um, talks a lot about <coughs> skydiving. I had never thought about it. You know, I'd, I'd had friends in the past that went and did it, never had a desire to. Um, he had some tickets that he bought. He bought, like, a discount coupon for his son to come and uh, tan do a tandem I uh, had two of them, and for whatever reason, they had to get uh, rain checks uh, every time he came down. He had bad weather, so he put them up for sale on uh, uh, in the company. He sent an email out, and I said, "Sure, I'll take them. Why not?" And damn, fell in love with it immediately. Yeah, Chad actually did that video, that first one with Chris Brewer. When you <coughs> really mm -hmm. fucking cool, dude. When you made your first jump, did you know it was something you were interested in before you jumped, or were you just like, I'm going to make a jump and check this out? I'm going to try it out, yeah. Total tourist move. Uh-huh. And now here you are three years later with how many jumps? Uh, Close to 600, almost 600. 
So uh, Nick just actually shared a photo of you and Chad Hall, also known as Jet Boy. If you ever uh, jump at Skydive Spaceland, uh, Jet Boy or Chad Hall, who has done a little bit of everything as the fun jumper on the belly world. He started off uh, chilling, hanging out, and just doing organized jumps. Eventually flew slot on a four-way team and now, now flies video. That was my 25th jump, by the way, that picture. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I, there's even a, there's a great shot of you with Chris Brewer on your Facebook feed, but there was also a great shot of you in Free Falls a student. You know the yeah. shot I'm talking about, man? <laughs> the ginger gopher? Yes, yeah. that is the one, Nick. you got to share that, <laughs> That dude. is exactly why I don't wear an open face. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of your more epic shots. Or ginger chipmunk, I think. It's what we... What People ended up calling it, namely <laughs> Chad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, dude, you got to give him credit. It, it it deserves that name. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's appropriate. So when you got done with the with your twenty fifth jump, when you made twenty five jumps, what did you do next in the world of skydiving? Uh, immediately went into the mentor program, and I'm even my twenty fifth jump was technically a, a coach jump. It was a it was a mentor jump. Let me, I don't, I'm trying to remember who it was, and I want to think it was you. Our first mentee turned mentor. Do you know who it was? Cheeseman. John Cheeseman. John Cheeseman. I was the next one after him. Okay. So you're really, and God, I wish John Cheeseman was out more. I love seeing him around. He's got such a diverse uh, taste of life, so he does so many other things. Uh, but you're really our, our first one that came and, and is stuck with it really hardcore. John's still out regularly, but not, not as often. Um. So you started in the mentor program. Uh, we're, we're gonna we'll come back to some of those statements and uh, uh, as a mentee, and so far down the road, you actually became one of the mentors. Mm -hmm. And uh, after becoming one of the mentors, you now are the assistant lead. Uh, Valerie, my wife, runs a mentor program. Who we've had a lot of people bug and ask about getting in here, and I uh, I just. I'm okay with her not showing up on the show. She <laughs> goes and does other things right now. This is her boys' club, and she lets it be. Uh, you're here, and so you get to share a lot about the program. So we'll, we'll talk about kind of what it was like to be a mentor, and it's really awesome. You can give us a hindsight. Um, but what is the mentor program? We talk about it all the time. So it's a program where um, coaches, uh, not only just rated coaches, but coaches who uh, show that they have uh, the personality, the ability, uh, the patience, um, to be able to teach and <clears throat> exemplify those traits and represent the drop zone well, um, do free coaching for uh, people who have under 100 jumps. So you come out as a young jumper, sign up on the whiteboard, and there's uh, usually a number of mentors there that are willing to help you uh, and teach you and, and meet your goals. And they'll jump with you as, as much as you're willing to jump. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, video, whatever, <clears throat> and you jump at any Spaceland, all Spacelands actually offer this program. Uh, Skydive Spaceland Clewiston, Spaceland Atlanta, Spaceland Dallas, and Spaceland Houston. Um, but Houston is by far the most active and, and the most diverse version of it. Uh, really super interesting. Uh, we it, it's been Spaceland Dallas is the newest of the Spaceland drop zones, but uh, the mentor program has just been just just surviving there, and that really is it. It, it. They really didn't have the influx of new jumpers yet. They were still just working on building a base, and we just recently had a fella uh, come and approach us. I say approach us. They approach Spaceland, and then Valerie and I consulted with them as well as the lead mentors for here. And, and uh, technically, I am one of the lead mentors. I just don't know anything about the program. <laughs> I told, I, I explained it. I'm Do a you even mentor, bro? No, no. I'm a CEO, <laughs> dude. 
I have all the final say and authority that I could have, and I don't know shit about the program. <laughs> That's a CEO, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to do it, but I can say no. <laughs> but I can make people do it, damn it. Yeah, that's my job. <laughs> no, um, Valerie really is that lead mentor. And so uh, do you know Michael Erickson? Yeah. Yeah, dude. So if you're any of our Dallas crowd, if you're any of our Dallas fans, man, Michael Erickson took the initiative to approach us. We didn't approach him. We're looking for somebody, but we didn't tell anybody this. And he he wants to see the program grow, and that's the thing that's great about you, about Valerie, about John Reese. There's a lot of really great mentors out there. Tim Kelly does a good job for us. Is it, they're really about the growth uh, of the new jumper. So you'll see this program at all the DZs. Brian Brandon Brandon Brandon. I can't think of his last name. Runs it in Cluiston for us. Uh, for us being Spaceland, <coughs> the mentor program. As a young jumper, as a new jumper, how was it? What tell me about it? What was it like? Well, um, for me, uh, the you know the main reason I stuck around past getting my A license, you know, I kind of made a goal for myself. I'm gonna get my A license, but the the thing that made me really stick around was the people. And I'm kind of a shy person by nature, so when I showed up to the DZ having 25 jumps, having that ability to just kind of sign my name on a board. And having a stranger come up to me who's totally helpful, who my first mentor was uh, Demo, by the way, um, just come up to me and be totally friendly and like willing to do whatever I wanted to do. Didn't you know shame me for having thousands less of jumps he did, um, and that camaraderie and being like, feel like you're part of the group uh, was really what what kept me in the sport. Otherwise, I probably would have just screwed off and <laughs> not come back after getting my license. So it's, it's first it's a tim intimidating coming up because you don't know anybody other than your instructor. Um, maybe two or three people you went through class with. And you no, know, for me, uh, Erica was actually in my first jump course. So we went through Clint Erica. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we went through student status together, but uh, everyone else from our group, I don't. I don't know if anyone else got their license besides us. How many was in that class? Um, I want to say maybe eight or so, six to eight. Nick, if you can, you think <coughs> back to how many was in your first jump course and what stuck with God, it. God, there were not very many. I, well, I want to say there were three or four of us. And but uh, I don't think I'd recognize any of those people today. Yeah. I, I know. I feel like may maybe one guy did go through to get his license, but uh, God, I, I could even be making that up. There were a 13-ish, 12 to 13 of mine, and I can only account for the two years after that. But in the two years after that, we never saw any of those 13 people at the DZ again. Granted, two of them were a, mari a, a Russian couple who just got married. It was their honeymoon, so maybe they skydived in Russia. But most of them, they don't continue on. And, th and that's the mentor program. You said you might have quit, and, and that's the thing that Valerie and I helped push on the mentor program for a few years, just very discreetly and very quietly. Jason Heider got on board and helped promote it, and then Chuck Akers got on board and helped uh, fa uh, uh, found it. So really, it, it started there, and it was neat because Jason came up to me one day and said, really, you're the one who pushed for this for many years. Uh, Chuck is super busy. He's got a regular job that he works full-time, and he does organizing around the DZ. And, and uh, as a regional director for USPA, a lot, a lot of regional directors are just that by title. He actually goes and visits other DZs and spends time representing his region. So it's hard for him to keep track of the mentor program. So they asked Valerie and I to step up and help kind of run and, and lead the program. Um, <coughs> Val got super busy. She got overloaded. It, it, it <coughs> started off really easy because there wasn't a lot of you guys. 
And I think you saw the growth of the program. And oh, yeah, big time. It's crazy how much different it is from when I started. Yeah, and sometime into that, she asked you to help step forward and lead. So you went from mentor to mentee. Sorry, I got sidetracked. My brain. Mentee to mentor. Mentor, man. So Dyslexia. For, for full <laughs> clarification, I am on cold and flu medicine and drinking scotch. <laughs> so that might clarify some of my other problems going on right now. It, uh, it feels good. I can tell you that. <laughs> scotch and cold medicine, it ain't, it ain't the worst thing in the world ever. Um, uh, you would have given up. You would have stopped jumping. Probably so. Yeah. yeah. Um, just being in the, the, the mentor program as a mentee, um, you get introduced to all the different, uh, kind of circles of people, uh, you know, cause it can be a little bit clicky. Yeah. Uh, especially when you're, when you're brand new, you know, you got like, um, you know, at the time, uh, Dimo was doing a lot of four-way, so he'd hang out with his four-way crowd over in the corner, and, you know, Chuck would have his group, and which is kind of a mixed bag of people. Just being introduced to those different circles and those different people um, kept me interested. <clears throat> totally the reason why I'm still in it is the people, 100%. New Jumpers, if you ever see these programs, and there's programs similar to this, I don't think there's anything really quite like it in, in the industry, but Fear Drops don't offer something for the new jumpers, whether it's just a weekend a month, whether it's it's one weekend a year. You know, there's the things that happen like this. Take advantage of it. And the thing that I most commonly hear is, I'm afraid to mess up skydives. I don't know if anybody's going to yeah. like me. And you crushed everything right there. The mentor programs at most DZs are designed to, A, help you learn through those mistakes. I mean, mistakes are just opportunities to learn. And then... It's also designed to help introduce you to other people. You know, if you use a mentor program and you jump with the same mentor over and over again, there's going to be a super solid foundation for learning there. But at the same time, you're going to limit your exposure to other people. So I would really recommend vary the mentors up. Like go to the same guy two or three times and go to the next dude two or three times and get the gym from each dude and yeah. learn from each crowd. Because now I see you at the DZ and you hang out with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and try to work on the same skill with different people because it's all about teaching methods. Like, everyone's got their mm. own way of explaining things. Yeah. Um, and I have, you know, that same thing in my professional life. I, I like to hear the way other people explain things because uh, it, for what works for some, sometimes doesn't work for others. Um, it's, it's good to hear a different vantage point, you know. I, I think about sine waves differently than other people. Is that like sign? Is deaf people doing the wave sine waves? <laughs> is that what you're talking about? It's like the magic that makes everything work. <laughs> it's like magic over <laughs> the wing and under the wing. Um, so, as a mentor, what was your at, what was your favorite moment? What was your favorite thing that you did? Whether it was a breakthrough moment, uh, something that made you laugh, what was the favorite thing? Is that new jumper? As a as a mentee, yeah, uh, that's you know what I mean. Yeah, as a new jumper, um, I think one of my favorites was when I, one of the first couple of four ways I did, uh, I can think of a couple of them, but, uh, one that was really fun, um, was actually with Chad Hall, uh, and, um, Ricardo and Raquel from, um, yes. Brazil. Ricardo Haffeld and Ra Rochelle. Rochelle. B. Raquel. Oh, Rochelle. I feel bad for forgetting. Yeah. Um, but I had like, uh, 30 something jumps and obviously was a really fast faller. <laughs> um, so 
they we did a four way together and we turned um, side bodies, uh, turned two pieces, brought them together, and actually turned like uh, six points with a block in there, and just having that experience, uh, you know, being I think uh, Chad and I were the centers, <clears throat> and they were point and tail, and having them uh, spin me around and bring me back together and closing it, then going to the next point and then doing it over again, it's like holy crap. We're doing more than one thing. <laughs> it was very memorable. I want to break that down just for one second because we, we do have quite a few new jumpers who listen. And straight up, I have I, I can turn points. I'm a great belly flyer. Don't tell me what a cue is because I could say fuck you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, tell me who to grab and where to grab. And, and the name of the block escapes me right now. Yeah, but what's a point block? What's a point? What's a block? What's a center? What's a tell? We did, um, and you did a zigzag marquee at twenty one, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, that's what you described. Uh, so I know some of them, and I think it was uh, an M M to twenty one. I think that's all we did. Uh, there might have been another random in there, um, but so in, in the centers basically went in four way. Um, the formation builds off of the centers. So you have an inside center and an outside center. Um, I believe I was outside center. Uh, so outside centers outside of the plane for the exits for the easiest way to remember it. Inside centers directly across from them, so your mirrors with each other. Um, then you have point and tail. Uh, point is usually at the front of the formation, typically out facing for the most part. Uh, tail is in the back of the formation, usually in facing, and they're mirrors. So four way, it's all about creepy eye contact. Well, almost any belly jump is about creepy eye contact. Dude, not belly jump. Good, <coughs> good relative work. Good formation skydiving. So you want to have creepy eye contact with your partner the entire time, no matter how you're getting flung around or spinning around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you have your peace partners. So your outside center peace partner is point. Saying that right, aren't I? Inside. Inside is point. Sorry, got it backwards. Yep. Inside center is point. uh, Outside center is tail. So peace partners typically, uh, when you turn blocks, stay linked. And a block is where you build a formation. Uh, you have an enter, so typically that's some kind of a turn. Uh, and then you have uh, a f- closing point. So uh, a random is just build this formation. I think the easiest way to describe it is a random is you guys break, you redock, you're a new formation. A random is going from one grip to another grip. Everyone releasing grips yeah. in between. Yeah. A block, everybody can release grips in a block. A block is usually multiple points at one time, Mm -hmm. and that's only one point. So if we're scoring it, one random is a point. One block, which could technically be two points, is one point as far as score goes. Yeah. So I think, and I'm not a four-way guy. I think that's my best stab at how to describe it. There's a start, an enter, and a finish. Yes. And uh, it it makes sense. I think Fast Tracks has a really good Fast Tracks I won't, I'm going to spell again, F-A-S-T-R-A-X dot org, O-R-G, which should be for porn sites because, like, orgasm, dude. I'm just saying. The internet's for porn. <laughs> add, add a couple X's on the end of it, and it's a porn site, I'm sure. Dot org, X-X-X? Fast tracks. Uh, I'm catching up now. Um, they have a lot of good stuff on, on, uh, on four-way and on turning points and on blocks and whatnot. So that was one of your favorite ones, man. Eventually, you yeah. become a mentor. So first of all, to be a mentee, to get involved in the mentee program, what does one have to do? To be a mentor? Mentee. Uh, to be a mentee. And I said it right that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you keep throwing me off with your dyslexia. <laughs> to, 
to be a mentee, all you have to do is have an A license of 25 jumps. And less than? Less than 100. And something that we learned recently, um, when Tex was on the show, Tex was talking about actually doing a mentor program for free flying out of Spaceland Houston. And uh, it's not just talk. He actually recently launched the free fly mentor program at Spaceland Houston. And we have a few of our friends. Uh, Cody Prentice is, is one of the mentors for that program. Phil Palmer also does that. Yeah, last time I was out, Phil Palmer was doing it. It's cool to see the yeah. free fly mentor program actually going. Yeah. And they require at least 100 skydives before you can get into that. So to be a mentor or mentee, you need 25 to 100 skydives. And from a mentee, or for free flying, 100 plus skydives. And, and they're really, they're just trying to reinforce belly skills. So that's a mentee. That's what I want to do. Why would I take advantage of the program? I think you wrapped that up in a nutshell already. Free coaching. Free it's somebody to jump with. Do free coaching, and if that doesn't really uh, hit people in the noggin, if that really doesn't make, make sense to people, Skydive Spaceland Houston last year, I'm going to probably divulge some information here that I'll be careful of saying, but I'll tell you this, Skydive Spaceland Houston last year gave away over $20,000 worth of slots to mentors for free coaching to mentees. Folks, this drops on investing in, in the future of what you want to do and what you want to be. It's free fucking coaching. At most DZs, you're going to pay for the, the your coach's slot. And in many cases, you're getting good enough coaches that you should be paying them $10, $20 a jump to coach you. Yeah. yeah. So free coaching. And, and beyond that, man, fucking friends. How many friends did you make in the mentor program who are your homies today? Oh, so many. And and, and one and examples are your mentor's demo. Mm-hmm. Demo's a buddy now. But also other mentees. Uh, you, Eric, I'm sure you did some mentee jumps with at some point. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've seen so many friends gather through this program. John Cheeseman and I did some mentee jumps together, I think. Man, I hope John Cheeseman is back out a little bit uh, more again this Amber, year. we went through the mentee, mentees at the same time. Really? Dude, I'm doing some coaching with her this weekend, man. I'm looking forward to that. She's going to do some campy coaching, take it to the next level kind of ideas. That girl is a fucking She's shredder. a badass. Nick, did you see the pictures of her in Texas past week? Uh, I didn't look at him in depth, but I saw him uh, pop up, and I, I guess I was kind of surprised to see her working on some of the stuff she was working on. Dude, she's on her head. She was fucking flying angles and looked, I mean, I they were just still pictures. They were moments, but they look fucking solid, dude. Better flyer than I am, which ain't saying much. Yeah, Tex knows how to make those screen grabs. Knows how to make you look good. He, he, <laughs> he manages to do it with me every once in a while, too. Yeah, so if you're going to get coaching, go to Tex, because if nothing else, he knows how to fucking make you look good. <laughs> Man, uh, real quick, I just I'm, I'm turning into a little bit of a whore in my life, guys. I really appreciate those of you who've joined us lately. Uh, there's the, the, a lot more of you who are starting to chime in. Please share this on your Facebook feed. Share this to any skydiving group you're in. If you're members of some club at your drop zone, share it in that group. Help people know that this exists and help us grow and help us have some guests, man. If you guys have interest in people from your drop zone coming in, we have a lot of local DZs in the in the Texas area or even out of state. If, if you have any friends who are passing through Houston, hit me up. Let me know. Monty at GravityLabRadio.com. Monty, I'm going to spell M-O-N-T-Y. Monty at GravityLabRadio.com. You uh, fucking nailed that one. I nailed that one. Yeah. Uh, send us an email. Let us know. Um, and uh, we'll see what we can do to, to get some of these guests on. We are getting a few requests. We are working on those people that you guys are asking about. So mentee to mentor. Now you're a mentor. What's it take to be a mentor? Um, you have to have a co-training. Um, on top of that, uh, 200 skydives, fly a camera. Be comfortable flying a camera. Experience flying a camera. Um, 
and I think above all else, have the right attitude and personality. Soft skills. Valerie uses those words Soft a skills. lot. Soft skills. And, I mean, we really want a good skill set, and we are doing a good job of providing good skill set coaches, but we're really looking for people who can keep people motivated, enticed, and into the sport. It's about longevity in the sport. The long, If you stay at it, you're going to get good enough. Um, that, and that's what we're really trying to do is build the sport. So just because you have 200 jumps, just because you can fly a camera, just because you have some type of rating doesn't necessarily mean you have the mindset because you're really out there growing people. And, and how many mentors have you and I seen start in the program as a mentor and do more than or, or do less than two weeks of mentoring? Yeah, a I lot. Yeah. <coughs> and it's, it's, it's a labor of love. You know, you guys are getting free jumps, and that's great, but you're also working hard to teach these jumpers. And it's the most boring skydiving you'll do, probably. <laughs> it, it's, I, I think in part of the orientation, it's built, it's told to mentors, you're going to be bored sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's designed to challenge them, right. and your job is to capture it on video. So if you're doing things that are entertaining, entertaining to you, it's not putting them on video so they can learn. So I, I could really see it can be some boring skydives physically, but emotionally, would you agree with that statement? No, not at all. Emotionally boring, no. No. Um, you've done a lot of cool skydives. What's the biggest group jump you've been on? Um, I think it was like a 21 or two-way. You know what we need to do? We need to go do a three-way. The other type of skydives you've been on, I think that's super exciting, is he'll go out on his belly in shorts <laughs> and T-shirt, get his yeah. free fly buddies docking on him. I can belly fly with you. <laughs> not afraid, dude. But you know, I've, how I've had Tommy head down carving around me. Yeah, while that, I was dude, on that's belly. not that's not that big of a deal. You can carve super slow. <laughs> yeah, down. carving you can get laid out pretty slow. I've had a few guys uh, sit flying with me in a dock. Those are some of my favorite jumps. I like. I'm gonna take the challenge of I want to build a two way round with you both on our bellies, and I'll, we'll just both wear shorts and a t shirt. I think I can keep up. Sweet. <laughs> I um. I think I could, too. I just think I'd land and my back would be super pissed off at me. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm going to be hurt after this. I want to make that clear, but I just think that I can, that I can hang. I hey. honestly don't like jumping in shorts and a T-shirt because the openings hurt. <laughs> I can't slow down enough <laughs> to reduce the shock of the opening. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you've, you've jumped with me on my belly. I can go fast on my belly, not trying yeah. too hard. Um, but I don't want to take that back hurt challenge. Fuck well, you. Hey, I want to get back on to the mentor program just for, uh, just for a second here, just because I, I showed the video a couple of times, a promo video for the uh, for the transitions program, and it shows some of the, the competitions and the kind of special events that go along with the mentor program. Would you guys want to talk about that a yeah, little bit? Yeah, dude, money. I like that. There's one this weekend, actually. What is this weekend? It is turns and translations. So I help set the schedule, and I help pick what events happen each week, and I have no fucking clue what it is. The reason I know is because I edited the calendar to make the titles correct. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Remind me, I owe you for uh, December uh, when we get back to the DZ. So, Sorry. Um, um, yeah, we're talking payroll now. Uh, <laughs> um, turns and translations, what, the, what is that? Um, most, most people that are fresh out of student status learn how to – turn with their arms or their legs and not both. So we're focusing more on being able to do center point turns, mm -hmm. um, staying in the same spot, rotating around uh, your center of mass versus your head or your legs, uh, as well as translations being, uh, you know, namely side slides. Um, carving. 
carving, being able to, to move around a specific point that maybe is not your center of mass. Yeah. Think about if you're facing uh, each other, you're in a facing two-way, and you want to go from a facing two-way to face his side body or his pilot chute, and you're just carving around a side or orbiting. That's really a translational turn. Um, so turns and translations are, th- are this coming weekend, and one of the cool things about the theme weekends, and by the way, I do mentor, bro. I do the canopy weekends. Oh, oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And I work with more mentees on that weekend <laughs> than most mentors will ever work with. That's true. Because I work with everybody <laughs> that weekend. Uh, we'll talk about that one in a second. I usually uh, sneak in those, too. <laughs> oh, dude, I do. Yeah, I, I bring all the mentors in that we can. Um, the, uh, the, 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 every weekend we have mentors available, but the, the Transitions weekend is a themed weekend. Turns and Translations this weekend. Canopy some other weekends. What are some of the other names we have? Uh, there's the Three-Way Speed Star. That is super fun. Um, three-way FS. Um, Formation skydiving competition, by the yeah. way. I'm trying to think of the uh, do we? I think we took tracking. Burble hops. Burble hops and side slides. Okay. That was my first uh, my first mentor jump uh, as a mentee with demo was uh, burble hops. So, so burble hops, if you're not familiar with the term burble, if you're in free fall, but I think you know this. We have wuffos who listen to us. If you're in free fall, the air is hitting you on the belly if you're flying, flying belly to earth. And behind your back is a dead airspace. If you're driving down the road, stick your hand out the car window and then put it immediately behind your uh, passenger, your driver's side mirror. And you'll feel a dead airspace. That's the burble. Burble hops is when you're flying over your buddy, flying through that dead airspace. And when you hit dead airspace, you're going to fall on your homie <laughs> if you don't do this right. And the first time it happens, you're going to flail around. <laughs> it's pretty it's funny. It's great. Dude, have you ever burbled somebody on purpose for the first time just for fun? I love it. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's so dirty. I love being in But the I do th- it as a coaching method. <laughs> I don't do it to a formation because that's super dangerous. Oh, no, no. That's good call. Don't do this to a formation. Don't necessarily skydive. But a lot of times when I'm coaching somebody in the tunnel, or when I'm coaching somebody in free fall, or, or I'm just doing a small two or three way with some friends, I'll burble somebody just for <laughs> the fuck of it, man. I, I love screwing with my buddies who work in the tunnel, and when they're flying or doing their demo, just sticking my leg out. I can't teach people how to do these things. I'm going <laughs> to stop right there, man. And, and burble text. Love you, text. Um, what? Uh, so th- those are, those are some of the theme weekends, and those theme weekends we have a much larger uh, quiver or repertoire or, 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 or availability of mentors. So we really have a huge focus on mentees as weekends. Uh, we limit the number of mentors we allow on a plane because we can't have the drops and give away too many free jumps at a given time. But on a mentor weekend, we're a lot more lax with our policies. We really let it hang out there, and we really try to get people to learn as a group. Especially on the competitions, you know, we'll have four or five three-way teams, and yeah. we want them all to be on the same load to be consistent. And dude, I mean, that's fucking that. That's a lot of hooking up the DZ. I mean, the DZ has hooked up a lot of people with those mentor slots. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So these transition transition weekends are, are pretty cool. This weekend is is trans, turns and translations. Canopy is my favorite weekend, and it's because it's the one I get to do. Canopy weekend. It's all about canopies. Is uh, first of all, I do the coaching on that weekend, and you have to be on a mentor jump. You mentors tell me when you guys are on a twenty minute call, and I go and I video everybody's landings on that load who's a mentee. And then we go into a little private booth and we debrief like, hey, look, man, this is what you guys are doing good. This is what you can improve on. And I invite all the mentors to watch. And, and I'm hoping you guys take away debriefing, canopy debriefing tips. That's that's really that. Oh, definitely. There. I try to listen every time you do one. Yeah. And uh, definitely mentors when we're doing that. No, that's that's my goal is to have you guys in there to do that. Um and then in the middle of it all, on, on Saturday, we do a sport accuracy comp, which I think you've been involved in. I love more, that. Yeah. yeah. 
How a few times now you've been involved? Yeah, maybe I don't know four or so. If you include yeah. the backyard ones. In the sport accuracy comp, I video everybody's landings. Dan McLaurin. Dan McLaurin runs the Rating Center Dallas Canopy Coaching and Canopy Courses. Dan McLaurin, uh, formerly it was Luke Hively. Uh, Luke has just moved to Switzerland and got married. <coughs> um, Dan uh, will do the same thing in Dallas, and we'll debrief everybody's landings. We'll look at what people can do, do better for accuracy. And none of this is what I call full-fledged coaching. I would love to give that away, but if I did that, I wouldn't have enough time to share with everybody. So it's it's mini coaching, just for a lack of better word or better terms. Um, what's your favorite uh, transition weekend? Oh, I like the the canopy for sure, um, but just for me as being a mentor, I think the the most fun is the Speed Star or the FS. So describe Speed Star. So the Speed Star is uh, first of all unlinked exit. Um, you exit from behind a tape line uh, in the plane, which usually extends from the front of the door to the opposite wall tail of the inside of the plane. So you're well inside the plane. Uh, time starts when you cross that plane, that imaginary plane. Um, it's a three-way team, so a mentor and two mentees, and you form a formation. So the um, I think it's three rounds, and the cumulative fastest time, the lowest uh, uh, time total, uh, wins the competition. So however long it takes you to form that first point, that's a tick on the clock. That's how long it took you. And you add up the three rounds together, and the fastest one wins. When you guys do that, do you always go out as the first floater, or do you die? I do. Yeah? Yeah. Um, typically to give, uh, first of all, camera perspective. Yeah. Uh, you have to, as a mentor, strategically put yourself where you can see the whole formation because you don't have outside video. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time that's first out and, you know, typically the mentor has a, a, a f- an easier time of exiting, recovering and turning back up the hill than the mentees do. How many jumps is it? Three rounds, right? Three rounds. Yeah. Let's do a new format. I got an idea. First two rounds, the mentors leave from that first exit, turn, get their position. During those first two rounds, you're evaluating who's the best guinea pig. The last round we require a mentee to be the first out the coach can the mentor can go in the diving the last slot because you can still get everybody on exit and see if we can teach these mentees how to exit turn present that floater and drive up to that formation right requiring the last round we're not supposed to drive up the hill but it happens oh dude if you're not driving (laughs) you're losing if you're not driving up the hill you ain't trying man it ain't cheating till you get caught you son of a bitch plus your legs aren't on camera so hey nick how you doing I'm doing great. Thank you for interrupting my snack time. <laughs> the only reason I, I saw you cheating. I, oh, I, I saw your stupid eyeballs have the idea. I saw it happen. <laughs> how could you see my eyeballs through those sl- slits? Well, how they, could you, oh. they get just a little bit less shiny because they squint even more. <laughs> they go from like squinty to slitty. Yeah, they almost disappear completely. And it's like, oh, that shit had just got an idea. It's the only reason you ever know I'm Asian is because I am a slant-eyed bastard or a squint-eyed bastard. I'm not really slanty, it's well, squinty. Well, it's getting a little racist in here. It's not racist if I say it. It's racist if you point it out. Oh, well, I can hardly see your eyeballs. Go back to China, wherever you're from. <laughs> Nick, finish your cheeseburger. Hello, hello round eye. Would you like you some know, lice? You know, my girlfriend's Filipino. 
Pilafino. And I often make fun of her for being Chinese because she obviously is not. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when I introduced her to my family, I told everyone that she didn't speak English. <laughs> but if they said Ching Chong Bing Bong, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> she'd know exactly what they were talking about. <laughs> Yeah, that was not true. <laughs> yeah. that up. Did the story, the whole story you just made up? No, no, I actually said that. And did then I told my family that all of her family referred to me as Round Eye. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever tell them the truth until after they met her? I, I think they knew that I didn't kidnap a tiny little <laughs> Chinese lady boy. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure they knew I was full of shit. <laughs> Wait a minute, people think you're full of shit? Uh, not as often as I would think, that, but, uh, but yeah, some, every once in a while someone will catch me. <laughs> Man, I love I love seeing when Nick eats and interrupting him. I don't usually do it on purpose, but sometimes. Yes, you absolutely do it on purpose. <laughs> Not always. I think we should still mention One Bars on every podcast, just in hopes that they will sponsor the podcast eventually. Dude, fuck. It's the, one gram of sugar. Fuck the For fact anyone that it's, who's on the uh, low-carb kick. Fuck the fact that it's one gram of sugar, because as a person who... I, I went to a very low-sugar diet. Low-sugar shit tastes like shit early on. Now that I like no sugar shit, it all tastes good. But one bars from the beginning are the best fucking meal bars I've ever had, dude. They are it, so yummy. I'm basically eating an almond joy right now. They are absolutely yummy. They're good. The, the fact that they're one gram of sugar is is awesome, and that's really the best thing about them. Beyond all that, but even if you're not on a low sugar and low carb, low anything, check out one bars, dude. You got me hooked on them. Hey, speaking of. Uh I sponsors of the podcast. Did you know that the Rating Center is also a proud sponsor of the Gravity Lab podcast? Oh, are they now? Yeah. Have yeah. you ever been through one of their courses? Uh, yeah, a couple few. Yeah, they do all right, huh? The guy yeah. who owns it's an he's asshole. Right. God, he's such a pile of shit. But yeah, and he's dyslexic as all get out. <laughs> Dude, I just redid the PowerPoint presentation for the coach course. I just spent like forty hours in PowerPoint in the last week and a half. And now I want to go check all my spelling. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm like, am I dyslexic? Did I? No, you got the you got all the letters in there, even in the right order. They were just the words weren't quite in the <laughs> right order. Just change them all to primal C, and they'll be all right. God, son of a bitch, <laughs> Doctor John, Doctor John, pull caught up, pull caught up. Hello, pull caught up. You have pull caught up. I need pull caught up. You go pack your wig and you get pull caught up. <laughs> all right, what were we talking about? This is a long tangent. Transitions program mentors mentees. Three-way speed star. Dogs and cats living oh, yeah. together. I actually saw, because you brought this up of uh, the mentor leaving first and driving back up the hill, I shot video from one of these three-way uh, competitions. And I was surprised, I won't name names, <laughs> but the uh, mentee, I guess I, I just would have been a better cheater. And I was surprised that this person didn't cheat in the... Uh, in the way that to me seemed so obvious, because he was still diving, and then he he had a you know he dove out of the airplane, kept the dive for a second, then turned up or turned around and flo- and floated back up. I just would turn around as soon as I'm in the door and present to the wind and start driving right up the hill right away. <laughs> I'm sure there are rules against that. That's just what I would have done. As soon as you can turn out that door, you oh, can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not. I'm gonna sh- win. That's oh, th- that's another event, by the way, is exits. That's another uh, transition. <laughs> Exits and flying the hill. Yeah, flying the hill. Yeah, and uh, as a mentee, if you can fly the hill, man, by all means, do it because that's that's rare that you're able to do that at that low jump number. Dude, as a skydiver, if you can fly the hill, competitions when you get to high level flying, the hill is where a lot of point comps are won. Oh, well, yeah. Now I say point comps when you're talking about vertical <coughs> formation skydiving or horizontal or belly formation skydiving, where you're building various formations. That's point competition. 
Then you have artistic competition. Sky surfing was an artistic event. Freestyle, three-way free fly. These are artistic. These are these are uh, subjective versus objective events. So or point style events. Um, they're one on the hill. Four-way teams, they win it on the hill. When, when you're that level of flyer, man, oh, yeah. those boys, they're fucking We good. can chuck a block out of the door. Like, holy hell, that's crazy. Yeah, that's DeGueo for the years. Uh, that's one of their huge advantages. I mean, they competed in 16-way. And Arizona Airspeed, we get all their alumni, best of the best. And then Golden Knights, we get all their alumni, the rest of the best of the best. And they would to put two 16-way teams together. And the best of the best just keep winning. From there, DeGueo would actually continue to win because, A, they trained as a 16-way team, but, B, they do the best job of launching junks. They do the best job of getting the hill of most 16-way teams. Airspeed and, and Knights... Did, actually, you, did you say DeGueo? Was that what you said? Yeah. Airspeed you, and Knights... You saw Scott's video from the video <laughs> from the film festival. <laughs> Assuming w- Scott doesn't <laughs> fall off Scott, the outside of the Scott airplane. Lattis, you saw that? <laughs> yes. I'm going to try and find that video. Just to oh, keep, that's keep, great. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Keep talking. You can find it on... Um, ah, fuck if I know. So DeGueo wins. Scott's not flying with him, in other words. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty awesome, man. Yeah, so they don't exit as a complete chunk, but they exit as one of the bigger chunks out there. So, so points are one on the hill. Um, your favorite weekend is those speed competitions. Have you ever been in the middle of one of those speed stars with a minty coming at you and you're just going, please stop, please yes, stop? Yes, yes. What's the worst situation you've dealt with there? Uh, whew. Probably uh, when, I was, when I was less experienced in dodging, um, was, was having someone come over the top of me and come over the yeah. top. Of this is a professional podcast. Come I will over, not tolerate the Come the all road over the top to of to. me. <laughs> <laughs> Fly over top of me and not know how to not burble. <laughs> what, what happened? Why are you guys not talking? I don't know. <laughs> he just stopped. He looked confused. I know. I was listening. <laughs> he just stopped. And, and just, uh, you know, smacking into me and banging my rig. It was one of the probably one of the first times I had that happen. And most mentor jumps you do, you guys are usually linked. You guys are usually docked, except for there is one weekend that swoop to dock. Um, so one one translations weekend is is diving exits, swoop to docks, and another yeah. translation weekend is speed star. And we actually have them month after month. I think is the new schedule. Is that right? Every month, yeah. No, no, no. Like as far as I think the new rotation, a new schedule actually. Um, when it starts back over, you're saying? Or? Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I think like maybe I'm gonna make up months right now, but I think maybe February is diving exits, and then diving swooping docks and stuff, and then March is gonna be uh, Speed Star weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they 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 are arranged in a certain order like that. Um, do are we are we doing a um, are we doing that? Are we doing a uh, a uh, dive weekend, a swoop and dock weekend still? Yeah. Okay. I know uh, Valerie and I sat down and we did the schedule this year, and I just don't remember it. Oh, and that dive and dock is May. And, yeah, dive and dock is May, and so June is Speed Star. Exactly. Um, and, yeah, what you were saying um, is if if we're unsure of the mentee, if we haven't jumped with them much or only jump with them a few times, then we usually link it up. But if I, if I know... Um, I'm confident in their abilities and I, I want to teach them to fly the hill, maybe an upper level mentee over 50 jumps or so, um, I'll do it unlinked. Um, but we always try to s- set it up for success because we're looking for three or four ways total, right? So um, having three people 
uh, and one person is in the jump and they're just sitting there waiting for the other mentee to come in, it's no fun for them. Uh, they can't work on anything. They can't be productive, more importantly. So um, if, if I have upper-level students, I'll have them uh, come in um, unlinked and I'll link up with the less experienced person, um, get them to learn how to fly a chunk, uh, and get the other person some more experience on, um, you know, being faster on the hill, turning down the hill, and getting to the formation. I love the fact that you guys are doing that. that that's one thing Valerie and I really try to instill values with mentors, and I, I see you guys regularly. You do a good job of catering to two different skill sets at once. Like, hey, it took me like hundred jumps or so to figure that kind of thing out. It's hard. And if you're a mentor, think about that, man. If you have a lower experience jumper and a more experienced jumper, you can make the lower experienced guy do smaller moves, shorter grips, with the bigger, more experienced guy doing bigger moves. Make him move around the piece. Make him do bigger turns. There's definitely ways that you can work that out really nicely. And that new poster that um, Val put together helps out a lot. I wish I would have had that starting out. Yeah, Michael Erickson is going to be here at the end of January. I would encourage you the last weekend of January to be around with Valerie. Uh, I think you might be running the program that weekend, but she's going to be showing him the ropes, doing all an orientation with him, and, and doing just you know how she what what she's going what's going to happen. Cool. He's going to take that same chart and get it produced in Dallas. So Spaceland Dallas is also going to have that resource available to him. Um, one cool thing about the Speed Star Comp this week this year. Do you know what else is going on that same weekend? Dallas, uh, Skydive Dallas, formerly now Spaceland Dallas, has had a uh, star, a Speed Star meet in, over the years. They actually have a Speed Star meet that same weekend, and so oh, okay. yeah, Scott Latinus has suggested let's do the Speed Star, uh, the three way Speed Star, the same weekend as the Dallas Speed Star. So now we really have the same event going on for all level of jumpers. I w dude, we should talk to Tex about uh, organizing. Free fly speed star on the same weekend in Houston. Whoo, dude! That's a tough one. You, uh, if we could put yeah, away a, a, an upright speed star, man, that is a whole new world. It, it, I for, for three people who are learning to sit fly to get that speed star, man, that's that's tough work. I have done a three way sit speed star, and it's fucking hard. It's not as, as I have. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. I've been on jumps in the last year. Where the four-way upright round was the goal, and it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, dude, I I was on a jump this with, year with really experienced people. I've on belly jumps like that. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole Black, uh, Zach Boyd, and myself went up with a three-way uh, round goal, and we didn't build it. Um, yep, it's no surprise. It's so it's so yeah. hard. Upright flying is so hard. Hey, uh, can you do me a favor and narrate this video that I'm about to play? Yeah, man. Because I uh, I found it. So if you, if you guys are listening uh, live right now and you're just listening, Bring this is the time that you might want to uh, look at your phone or your computer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is an exit from DeGueo. Uh, DeGueo is a 16-way team jumping out of Scott Ice Spaceland Houston. And Scott Latinus, our events director, was filling in. And he's he's doing a jump called uh, a position <laughs> called Super Front Float. So he's in the very front of the airplane. And Scott's a little his leg trying to reach out. Scott's like me. He's a little guy. <laughs> he's short. And he's trying to reach from front of the airplane to the front to the wing and the wheel and he's trying to step towards the wheel and he's kicking and reaching out and missing. <laughs> he just fell off the plane and what's it take him two seconds later before yeah. the group notices and dies yeah. after him? Yeah, so for anyone that's not familiar with how big group skydives go, you know, when the first person falls off, everyone else needs to start falling off because they're not getting any closer and the, the goal, you know, the, the formations include everybody. 
So just uh, like in four way, if somebody goes low, you're better off breaking yeah, and chasing yeah, them get, down. Get to the low person because that's the fastest way than than having having them get back up. But uh, I think everyone was pretty shocked when Mr. Scott fell off. Dude, I don't so know. So there who... was a couple seconds of a delay. I was in the back of the airplane when this happened. Yeah. And Stephen and I did a two way that that morning. This was like a sunrise jump. And uh, we both kind of looked at each other and were like, did, did it take them a really long time to get out? Because like what you were saying earlier, they, they're usually launching a big 16-way chunk that it's like you see a huge group of people in the door and all of a sudden you see nobody that they leave as one big group. And you feel group. the plane. <laughs> yeah. And, but it was just like they were just kind of going slow and slow and slow and slow. And I really thought that you know, they must be just practicing something that's not Scott falling off the airplane. <laughs> But uh, no, that's that's what happened, and I'm so happy that that happened because that video is hilarious. Dude, first of all, when the Guayo leaves, over a ton leaves the airplane. Yeah, it's a bizarre thing to think about. Over 16, a ton. 16 people, none of them are all that small. <laughs> let's go with they or weigh seventeen with video. Let's go with two hundred people. Ten people weigh two hundred pounds each. That's two thousand pounds, right? Yep. They're a sixteen way team, and they dude, that, that's we wouldn't be shocked if their average weight was close to two hundred pounds because there are some big dudes on there. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking exit weight, because we're talking about the weight that, that leaves the airplane, let's just for let's, sure let's give them the benefit of the doubt, and we're gonna say it's seventeen people with an average of a hundred and eighty pound exit weight, and is, that's being super <laughs> that's light. Being generous, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's over three thousand pounds, three thousand and sixty pounds leaving the airplane all at once. Jesus Christ, dude! One of my favorite parts of that video of Scott is I don't know who was sticking his head out after him, but after Scott falls off, he sticks his head out and looks and just stares. I'm like, what the fuck? And then realizes, oh wait a minute, I, we we gotta go. <laughs> I'm so happy there was a camera on the wing for that. Yeah. So Nick's got it back up on Facebook. If you're on Facebook Live, checking it out, dude. Scott, uh, phenomenal skydiver. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. It's like the top shelf. I like, he, he tries to look in and be like, hey, guys, I can't do this. And then he's just like, I'm going to go for it. And... Oh my god! I'm gonna do one more try here, and I'm gone. One, two and a half seconds. <laughs> and, and I think that might have been Ron's chip who was staring at. I can't quite tell who it is from here. Just staring at. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, we gotta go. Um, man, I wonder if the Guayo uh, is gonna compete this year. They they really have trailed off the last couple of years. I, I super good people. I don't know if you know, but Valerie was on the team for a couple of years. She shot yeah. video for the Guayo for a couple of years. With and, how many pounds on? None. Really? None. Oh, wow. uh, so, you know, when you're flying in a formation, you have to be able to fly. When you're shooting video, you can just bring your arms in and not care. So she wore her wings, small camera wings in case she needed them, and she just kept her arms in right here, and every now and then she'd hit the burble and go, bink, throw her arms out and grab her air, get back out of it. I remember her talking about flying in some of those uh, FS teams, and she was wearing like 30 to 40 pounds or something. Uh, 23. Um, okay. She wore, I think, 25, actually. I think when she was flying with um, uh, Havoc, she was uh, Scott Elmer and, and his crew. She was wearing 25 pounds of lead originally. And then Kirk Werner, uh, super fucking badass skydiver and a really nice guy. Kirk was doing some coaching with him and convinced Valerie to wear her weight belt looser. And I'll, do you know this trick? Yeah. And wait your well, wait, wear your weight belt looser. And Val wore her weight belt so it would hang off of her just a good few inches. Uh, in free fall or in the tunnel, and she was able to take five pounds out just wearing your weight belt looser. The weight belt's leading. It's more of an arch. It gets a little bit of a burble, so it breaks the air around your body. You fall a little bit faster. So if you're if you're a slow faller and you're wearing lead, hit up some of your local jumpers. Hit up Valerie and ask her about wearing lead, and ask her about wearing a weight belt a little bit looser and the advantages of it and the disadvantages of wearing a weight belt too loose. You got to be careful. You can overdo it for sure. Um, 
So if you're a new jumper as a mentee and you're uh, worried about your ability to screw up a skydive, look at that uh, Fuck video. Fuck yes. How many <laughs> gold medals has he won? <laughs> Everyone makes mistakes. There's no getting around it. Yeah. Dude, Nick watched me swim on an exit on a tandem just because I was rusty. <laughs> I'll blame it on whatever I want, but I'll also blame it on like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I'm good. Uh, sorry about that, Nick. My bad. Just wanted to scare you for a little Dude, bit. I see some of our most current, most skilled instructors Everybody, dude, everybody does it. Everybody does it. Yeah. If if skydiving was that easy, if we were that good at skydiving, <coughs> it would be zero fucking fun. One of my favorite things about skydiving, it's super easy to learn on the basic, basic fundamental level. It's impossible to even master. Uh, it's really hard to get good at the sport, and it, it, it's it's easy to, uh, to 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 progress, but it's impossible to master. I have a hundred and twenty yeah. some odd hours of free fall right now. Go practice any sport for 120 hours, and you're not gonna you're gonna be a beginner. Think about that. 120 hours. How how many? 40 hours is a work week, right? Three work weeks. Go play basketball for three weeks of work. You're gonna be a decent basketball player, but you're still gonna be a beginner. And and that's all we have. I love the challenge of skydiving. Uh, I want to mention one other thing about the canopy weekend. I forgot. I just was talking with Bo from Performance Designs. Uh, just a couple days ago, Bo uh, runs the demo tour. So if you ever go to a drop zone and you see Performance Designs or PD out there with all their demo canopies, Bo is a really sweetheart, handsome-looking young man. Got the dimples of a Ken doll. Uh, Bo is super, super good dude and represents PD and helps people jump canopies and helps people find canopies. Uh, we do think, not confirming, this is just a rumor, uh, Bo and PD will be out in April Hopefully for the transitions weekend. The transitions weekend in April is all about canopies with me coaching and, and Dan McLaurin and the sport accuracy comp. and sport accuracy comp. And we'll actually have performance designs on hand with demo canopies nice. that same weekend. One thing I was going to say about that weekend is typically we we get them to come out more times than not. I think but, yeah. um, once a year now. We used to have them every year for every because we have this event twice a year, and now we're doing it. I think once a year because I mean most DZs don't get PD at their drop zone once every two to three years is actually what PD slates most DZs for. So we're very blessed to get them out as often as we do. I love doing that. I love jumping different yeah. canopies. Um, it's a uh, Nick. I got a proposal for you. I will. Awesome. <laughs> karaoke night, <laughs> dude. I, I was just uh, <laughs> singing karaoke in the video. Not karaoke. I was lip. I was. There was a song on, and I was singing the same song at a very unreasonably loud level and having a really good time. And I thought, God damn, we gotta get on that karaoke. Well, oh. We're halfway. Anyways. I want to go. There. Um, So we got to figure out when to do karaoke with Gravity Lab Radio. Okay. We've had some of our buddies ask about it. Brian Menard hit me up last night. Oh, dude. Brian is a karaoke maniac. Fuck yeah, dude. You're not going to get him off of that machine. Bring it. Bring (laughs) it. Bring it. Uh, April 5th-ish, I think, is the first Saturday of the month. That is the Canopy Translations event weekend. Um, I propose that we, I know it's a little bit far away, but I think uh, that April, that canopy weekend would be a perfect uh, time for us to do this. That sounds like uh, a reasonable goal to set yeah. right now. It's, it's my January is covered in swamp. I really can't afford to do it in January as far as I've got a couple military contracts coming up with a rating center and then a couple other good things. Dude, the rating center has been very blessed lately, man. I really uh, can't can't be happier, can't be luckier with nice. it. Nice. Um, March or February, we have a lot going on personally with Valerie in my, my life. It's our anniversary, and I'll just kind of leave it at that. Um, great personal stuff. Um, March, we have a board meeting I'll be going to. Safety Day is another weekend. Canopy Course is another weekend. So it, it just really logistically for me, that's the 
first weekend, and even that's going to be a hassle because I'm coaching that weekend. But you good it's with it? It's not all about you, okay? It's about the music. <laughs> but you, I'm going to have to have help getting this set up and committed and taken care of. Uh, I mean, yeah. Why? Let's just yeah. Let's do that. I don't think it's going to be hard to set are, up karaoke. Are we just going to pay a guy and be like, "Hey, guy, bring your karaoke <laughs> stuff." Thanks, thanks, guy. We're going to sing and get spit all over this microphone, and you can pick it up later. Karaoke is one of my hidden talents as well. Is that true? Wait, can you dance yes. and do karaoke at the same time? Not at the same time. Come on, Britney Spears. <laughs> Come on. Hit me, baby, no, one more time. Not that, no. No, I want to see you dance and sing like a slut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only going to sing shitty hip-hop music. That's all yes. I'm going to do. Dude, I, uh, I don't have an actual singing voice, but... Uh, you throw some fucking Eminem up there, man. You can tear it down. Dude, have you listened to his new fucking album? I actually heard yeah. it was bad, so I haven't. Dude, I like it. I, I, I don't mind it. I can see, I mean, it's, I, I struggle sometimes with Eminem albums early on and have to grow into them, and this one just hit me. Maybe I just like shitty music, but it hit me pretty That's good totally right possible. away. totally <laughs> possible. Yeah. I, part of it is, is uh, I like a lot of shitty music. I think most of the hip hop that's on the radio that's popular is shitty music. I like the I one before it. it a lot better. Rap God. Recovery? Yeah, Recovery. Yeah. And 3 A.M. I yes. love that song. Yeah. I, I, I can jam to that one. I know the words to that one. Chances are played in the last. I just, Eminem is, I, I, last week I talked about it, it's just been stuck in my life for the last about three weeks now. If you see me walk around the drops and with a head earbud in, I'm either listening to Imagine Dragons or Eminem. Probably bet money on it. I could be listening to something else, but probably good chance. I, I do have one concern about karaoke night and, and the songs. That, okay, why are you shoving that <laughs> microphone in your mouth? And the songs that I will choose to sing, there will definitely be an N-word or more, more than one in some of these songs. I don't so know you know what, what I do? I don't know what I'm going to do at that moment. I just say ginger. Wear your yeah, Monty hat. But that's your, na- that's your word. I can't yeah, use that word, word either. Wear it's your much mo- more difficult to say <laughs> fast, by the way. Wear your Monty hat. Wear your Monty hat. Yeah, I heard you the first three <laughs> times that you said you got that. It. See, I feel bad like when we start making too many inside jokes and talking about like things that are too specific to people that have no idea about our lives and about, about those inside things. But uh, yeah, I'll wear that hat. But that, does that mean I get, I'm going to get away with it? No. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's really dependent on the crowd, right? Well, you guys are all cool, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're skydivers. I don't think anybody's going to care if you're out there acting like you're... Dude, I'm just trying to pay my respects to Biggie Smalls. Son. Right? <laughs> Please do some two-live crew for us, man. No, I think... Uh, I'll, uh, I don't know. There's a, a Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre song that I'd really like to do, but I need someone to be the Dr. Dre to my Snoop Dogg. Yo, guys and gals, if you're listening to this... Oh, um, my God. I'm going to ask Tommy if he'll come and do it. Dude, <laughs> throw down five to ten bucks. Hit up Nick. Hit up Justin Grubbs. Hit up myself. If you see us at the DZ, say, here's five dollars. Here's ten dollars to pay say? for this. Wait, but April what? April 5th. I'm getting super excited that I just don't care what you're saying. <laughs> but, yeah, I do agree with DJ. It would be great if it was a crowdfunded, let's all have fun together sort of event. Yeah. And we will host it. We'll have a little bit of fun. Uh, there's a good chance we'll pull out the projector in the big screen and play some videos in the background, have a little bit of fun with that. We, we might as well make a little bit of a, a social event. Uh, Gravity Lab Radio, uh, we'll host it, and I think our, our goal is just to have a, two or three good party-style events every year. The film festival is one of them. We're going to do this as another. And I have a couple other ideas of, of what our third might be. Um, uh, eh, we'll get to those later on. We need a Gravity Lab-sponsored swoop and chug. That would be an, an easy one. And Dude, Tommy's not here to win it. 
Yeah, that's why I'm going to win it. <laughs> Dude, if we put the beer on top of a hay bale, Nick Rays will win it. Oh, man. How about we make a, so epic. a freestyle swoop and chug competition? Hmm. Freestyle trick, then grab the beer, then then your time. See, it, I, if you're even just trying to set yourself up to win. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, he knows what I'm doing. Even if I could <laughs> nail that and win it, which I if I got warmed up enough and practiced enough, and I'm to the point now in fun jump enough, I could get back there easily. I would lose when it came to the chug part. I cannot. I just. You know, I've never once chugged a beer. I've only chugged soda in swoop and chugs. Can we? Can we use seltzer water? Yeah, we could use seltzer so water. So if you sure. did it, you would owe beer. Beer yeah, person. it would be my first time chucking a beer. So you have chuck. to grab the beer while you're in a blind man. You have to grab it back. God, I would be so happy if that was possible. <laughs> if someone trusts me enough to stand with their hand out while I'm flying my parachute, dude, I will run you <laughs> I'll over. I'll do it. I'm gonna run you over. That's fine. I'm fine with that. I don't trust me to not hit you. I can dodge you. Uh, okay, I'll I'm give a, it a ninja, shot. dude. I'll give it a shot. And he's really small. There's a different <laughs> ninja. A ninja. <laughs> have you seen Whoa, watch the hard R's there. Have you seen Ninja Say What that video on YouTube? Yeah. Ninja Say What. Ninja Say What. It's a bunch of Asian dudes hanging around and they're using the word nin- what up my ninja? Ninja my, my busted ass ninja need to get a job. <laughs> and at the end they're sitting with a black dude and the uh, Asian guy goes, "Look, there's a difference between ninja and ninja." <laughs> just, I mean, most of my Asian friends know this fucking video. Share it with your girl, your your Chinese fucking little uh, Thai boy girlfriend, whatever her <laughs> name is. She's my beautiful Asian lady boy. <laughs> I'm going to call her Thai boy lady from now on. And uh, uh, we, we got to do that. Um, the other thing that reminds me, man, we need to, uh, in the next couple weeks, do a uh, GLR dinner. Get a bunch of us together. Maybe invite a couple of our other friends and do that dinner we keep talking about, Nick. Get, get our group together. Um, back to the mentor program. So it takes it takes those soft skills. It takes being a leader to be a mentor. Now you're a mentor. What what is the most entertaining thing you've seen on these skydives? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good sign. The most entertaining thing. Um, there's a lot of entertainment at the expense of others, <laughs> to put it politely. So without throwing uh, anybody under the bus. <laughs> um, well, uh, seeing seeing other people collide into others at, at a high rate of speed and there's not much you can do about it. Uh, I remember one time I was, uh, docked, um, head on with one mentee and was doing my best to tell him to get out of the way and move because there's something coming in and tried to spin us around to where it wouldn't happen, but it still happened. And the other one came in a little bit hot, didn't know to stop before they got there. And approached slowly and and came right into the side of the other person. And (laughs) it's like you could see it coming from a mile away and they're just not responding to any of the signals you're giving them. So it's like, that's going to happen. I'm sorry. (laughs) There's nothing I could do about it. Just one of those things. What would you do differently today if you had to help in that situation? Today, I'd be a little more aggressive about moving them out of harm's way. How would you move them? Um... Back then, I, I want to say this, it was one of my first jumps as a mentor. I didn't have uh, quite the control I have now to be able to move someone else. Yeah. Um, you know, I, can, I, could, I think all I did was try to spin the piece, and I could have been a little bit more aggressive about moving them out of the way harder, like with a four-way turn. Yeah. The, <coughs> thing I would, the thing I would recommend, the thing I would consider is rotate 
90 degrees, turn the piece 90 degrees while backsliding your ass off. So when yeah. you stop 90 degrees, you're pulling it sideways out of line. And I did, I basically did <coughs> a flat turn rather than try to move them out of the way. Yes. That's what I'm saying. And the person that came in followed the, with the turn and. You just rotated which angle he just, hit at. Just went right into it. <laughs> here instead of here, you. It would have son been a little bitch. bit more difficult for them to side slide into us, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, here, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was that was an unfortunate thing, and it happens. Um, uh, which, and one of the reasons why uh, we we do what we do, and why we don't mind if you mess up, is we want to teach you how to control those skills. We want to teach you to go from a dead out dive to stopping before you get to the slot and easing into it um because we're greedy we want to jump with you we want <laughs> we want to have you come in and and uh, have more friends to jump with when we do bigger ways and all those things and um going back to what you were saying earlier there's a lot of mentees that aren't that confident <clears throat> i'd say i don't know 75 percent of mentees are worried uh, about the jump, they're too much in their heads. They're thinking, "I'm gonna screw this up. I've never done this before. I know it's gonna uh, not gonna go well." And in our minds, we're thinking, "Yeah, you're probably gonna screw it up, but I know that your head's up enough that you're gonna learn, and you'll never learn if you don't screw up first. Uh, a lot of what I tell people uh, when they're scared about a jump or scared about a particular skill they're trying is, "Look, you can go, you can go do P3." For example, a big way camp, um, you know, multiple formation loads. And as long as you're trying and as long as you're safe, as long as you don't burble the formation, as long as you can track off effectively, they don't care if you screw the jump up. They'll let you keep jumping with them. As long as your radial's correct, as long as your approach is good, you're not burbling, tracking off. I mean, the skill is secondary. It's something that you will learn. And as long as you're not uh, totally conceited and arrogant about it, you have that willingness and that ability to learn. Um, so even if I'm trying to teach someone to do side slides for the first time, I tell them, I want you to, to really, really, really focus on your dive and approach. I want you to make that first dock as smooth as it will ever be. And I want to make sure you have your level if you come in too low, I don't want to see that. I want you to stop, reset, come back into that stadium. And I want to see your track. I want to make sure that your track is dead straight. I don't care if you have to stop. I don't care if you're diving your butt off, if you're not flat tracking, as long as it's straight and it's in the within 30 or so degrees of, depending on the experience level, of your 180 from center, um, it's fine. We'll move on to the next one. And a lot of that kind of translates back to what their instructors were looking for on their instructor jumps, but they don't really know that's what they mm -hmm. were being tested on. Yeah, it's interesting. You actually have recently entered the STP program as an instructor, and you're learning a perspective you never understood. Yeah. It's like, sure. Oh, that's what that's really what they were looking for. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, the things we teach you as a student versus the things you actually are learning are very, very different things. Um, 
you know, one of the things that we teach you as AFF instructors is the student doesn't pass level two or category B or whatever your school calls it. It's they're ready for level three or category C or whatever's next. You're not saying you pass level two. You're saying the skills we taught you on level two have you ready for level three. So I really feel yeah. like I could let go of this person <laughs> yeah, so and not have to chase them around. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, of future success. And realistically, as, as brand new jumpers, when we graduate you, we don't graduate you telling, saying that you're really a good skydiver. We don't graduate you really saying that, that you know what you're doing. We graduate you saying now you're ready to learn about the real world of skydiving. Because I, I love good student programs in Spaceland, Skydive Chicago. Uh, there are other DZs like it that have phenomenal student programs. Spaceland, or Skydive Dallas had a phenomenal student program as it laid. It's now a Spaceland drop zone, but it, it, Skydive Dallas was great. <coughs> Elsinore is another good one. Uh, Paris Valley, they they are making sure you're safe, but your your skills that you have good survival skills in AFF, you have good group survival skills and coach jumps. Now you can survive. Go learn how to skydive. I'll never remember one of the uh, never forget one of the first times I jumped <clears throat> at uh, a different DZ with people who came from a different uh, student program. I was, at that time, I don't know, uh, 250, 300 jumps, so I, I had been mentoring um, and uh, had some experience coaching and seeing people that come straight out of A license at Houston um, and knowing what they're capable of typically and knowing that I don't have to worry about certain things. One of the first times I jumped with uh, people, uh, two other people at uh, from a different um, – student, like a more classical uh, USPA progression, um, they went into just a total flat spin, a totally uncontrolled flat spin, um, and, you know, was able to grab one of their legs and stop them. And it's thinking like, wow, you know, it, at that experience <laughs> level at 100-ish jumps, that should never happen. And I want—I just want to kind of make a little point of clarity as far as is drop zones that run traditional USPA programs. There's a lot of really good DZs that run the USPA traditional USPA United States Parachute Association calls their program the ISP or Integrated Student Program, and the program itself is phenomenal. It's strong and it's solid. The biggest problem I see at a lot of these DZs are instructors and coaches who don't hold the standards of the program. And I think that's one of the, the advantages of, of the Spaceland program is I think one of the largest advantages is the DZ requires the instructors to hold a standard. Um, it's not very hard to require that because the, D, the the staff there just is of a mindset. The team mentality is that. You know, if you come to Spaceland as a new instructor, you've probably thought about like, man, I wish my DZ did a better job training our students. Or you've probably thought that you could do a better job yourself. And you go to a place where everybody's doing it. So the natural intuition is to be better i think nick you run the video department i'm sure you have the same experience guys come in with decent video skills and they see guys like you who are pushing to be as good as you can do you see a natural you don't have to push them they push themselves i, I think it's a mix of both and i think it's uh it really depends on the person but um i definitely see people who do take it upon themselves of you know they'll watch someone else's video and almost be discouraged about their own of how it compares and that feeling of Oh well, I'm gonna get better just to to fit in with what normal is here. I think that that helps it. Brockton, I, Brockton's a great example. Yeah, of yeah, like oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna sit there. He's gonna kind of break down his videos and see what what he can do better, because you know he came from a place where the standard was lower, 
and now he's kind of stepping up to a, a place where someone's checking your work, so to speak. <clears throat> Swimming on exits is not normal. It's amazing to watch <laughs> if you're the one filming the uh, his his exit from the inside. But uh, but there definitely are some people of like you really you know that uh, some of that goes over their head a little bit, and you got to sit them down and say, hey. Uh, this is what you're doing. This is what uh, we like to, to do. This is the techniques I use to do it. Feel free to ask anybody else what they do to do it. But, uh, yeah, I think that, that differs a lot from person to person. But I think that most people, when they come to a, a place like Spaceland, where there are a lot of people with a lot of experience, that uh, most people do start to, to rise to the occasion without a whole lot of prompting. It's uh, James Perez runs the school at Skydive, uh, Paris Valley Skydiving Center, Skydive Paris, whatever their name is nowadays. Um, and he's he's running across a problem with their instructors at times, and nothing major, nothing uh, of a huge concern. But he's worried about how can we influence certain things and how can we do certain things. And, and him and Dan BC are working with myself and Steven on influencing instructors. And the thing that we're all finding the success of is setting a good standard with your core and everybody else peer pressure, man. They want to conform. They want to be like. And the nice thing with AFF instructors is they tend to be uh, excelling skydivers. Most people who get an AFF rating are really good skydivers and are tending are, are usually pushing them, their limits a little bit. You've considered getting your AFF rating, Nick, and one of the reasons you're not as interested is the level of responsibility in flying that you don't want to take on. Yeah, I always want skydiving to be fun for me. And I just don't think, honestly, I just, I don't think I have the mental fortitude, the ability to stay uh, in, a, in a headspace where I can enjoy what I'm doing and separate myself from the stress of the responsibility of, uh, you know, being in charge of this, of this brand new baby bird skydiver. Super fucking stressful. Yeah, and it seems really stressful. And I'm exceptionally good at stressing myself out. It's one of my best skills. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, skydiving is, is a fun, you know, even though I have a pretty um, decent work ethic and my mind is, is pretty geared towards work most of the time, my job is still really fun where I get to have that front row seat to their you know, their tandem experience. I don't have to be attached to them. I don't have to be the one that gets the drogue out and whatever. I just, I stay close. I take good pictures and I have fun. And uh, that's a responsibility list in free fall that I'm really comfortable with. And uh, every time I'm, I'm close to, you know, I feel like I want a tandem rating or I feel like I'm, you know, maybe I'm going to pursue that AFF rating. I'll come and shoot video for a course and be like, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, it's or, like I thought DJ's an or asshole. I'll, or I'll see someone <laughs> who had, a, you know, a difficult student or, you know, an unusual situation and I'll just be happy that, man, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't the one that had to deal with that. And not that I doubt my skill set or my ability to, to deal with those situations, but I doubt my ability to continue to enjoy skydiving and constantly encounter those situations. It makes sense. And now, first of all, you know me. I'm, I'm not a huge advocate of pushing people in the ratings. If, if you skydive, you know, I, I see a lot of my friends say, yo, bro, you should be an AFF instructor. You should be a tandem instructor. And Steve Boyd Sr. actually approached me when I first came here and said, you should talk this dude into becoming an instructor. And I told Steve respectfully, I won't do that. He goes, why not? I, he asked me, why not? And I said, plain and simple. When you talk somebody into a rating that they don't want, you're going to very quickly burn them out on skydiving and you're going to lose them. I'd rather have them in the capacity they're at than in no capacity at all. And he made, he made a lot of sense of it. And every time I've seen somebody forced into a rating, they've almost always quit skydiving full time. So I, I'm at no means even want to try to convince you to get the rating. But I'd like to go out. But and here it comes. But no, here no, comes no. his pitch. No, 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 not even a pitch. I want to go make a skydive with you and, and get you to catch me on a rollover. I'm just curious to how you would do with it. Oh, man. No warm-up, no practice. We're going to go out. You can do a side body on me. Once you break grips, expect me to roll on my back. 
build up some speed. You've seen <laughs> me do it before, and I want to see you catch me and roll me back over. It's I'm super, super nerve-wracking going into it, but once you get that first rollover, you're like, fuck yes. And there's zero I can do it. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I can get there. I'm sure I can get my hands on you. Yeah. Like that. And I mean, I'm sure you you absolutely have the ability to give me a run for my money of how long it's going to take me to get there. I'm not going to fuck but, with you, uh, but I'm going to. Oh, sure you will. That's the fun part. Well, no, I'm not going <laughs> to fuck with you as far as. So when I'm on my back spinning or doing whatever, I could see you coming and I could evade you on purpose. I don't evade anybody on purpose. I set a plan into motion and I let that plan happen and you either catch me or you don't. I do know evaluators who roll on their back and when they see the candidate coming, they switch directions. So they literally juke you out of your fucking shoes, <laughs> That's man. That's awesome. It is, but a student will unintentionally do that. But I, I, I just put a plan in motion, and you it, it, now you've seen me on my back I'm spinning. Having flashbacks it moves right around. Now, like, ah. I know how to make it fucking do stupid <laughs> shit. But I, I have zero. Pl- I, I don't care about you becoming an instructor. I just have a thought process of how well I think you would do on it. I have an idea of how you would approach it without me giving you any input to how to do it. And I want to see what my guess is versus what the outcome is. That's that's what I really want to see. And you maybe want to kick me in the face while that's all happening. That's given. <laughs> I, not, not, I may want to. I will. <laughs> I will kick you in the fucking face. Yeah, I might do it just for the fun of doing it. Yeah, I mean, Fidala and I had matching bruises for a couple weeks. Yeah, after I'm, that course. Back to I have zero fucking care about you being an instructor. I, that's it's not in your desire. You've considered it. Who cares? I just want to see. I just want to do that skydive together. Okay. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Fidala was your evaluator, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, you did it with For Zach. For the D's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do it with Zach. Zach and I went through the course at the same time. Man, that was a fun course. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> that was a fun course. Zach pretending to be Shaquille O'Neal totally fucking me up. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you realize this, Nick, in oh AFF instructor God. courses, with, they have to train students during the course. It's not just an air evaluation. It's a ground evaluation. How well do you train a student? And one of our goals, whenever possible, is we make each candidate or training instructor stand in for each other. So Zach Boyd and Justin Grubbs go through this course together, and Zach had to be Justin's student, and just, Justin had to train him, and vice versa. Zach had to be, uh, Justin had to be Zach's student. And most people show up, and they use their own name. Hey, I'm DJ. I'm your student. What do you do for a living, DJ? Uh, I, I always use, I scrub porta-potties. I'm a porta-potty technician. I suck out the honey, I drive the honey wagon. What do you do for fun? I barstool race. I actually have a go-to set of skills that's my job. And what was Zach? He was Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Yeah, he said he was a professional basketball player. Basketball player, and he was like seven foot tall. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Little fucking scrawny ass white boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Who's flying a uh, <laughs> ninety square foot parachute and still can't load it quite at two point one? And he's killing Neil. Go fuck yourself, honky. <laughs> and I'm getting evaluated on the whole thing, and I'm trying to remember what the fuck I'm supposed to say next. It's like I think I had like a five minute pause, where it's like, okay, you fucked me up, man. <laughs> and at some point, I definitely, I think Chris evaluated from the outside looking yeah. in, and I was standing over Chris's shoulder, and I that Chris and I looked at each other like this is we, we walked away to laugh at you guys at some point. <laughs> yeah. Definitely hard to deal with. I do like the laydown boards, though. That was pretty entertaining. <laughs> he, he called the creeper the, the laydown creeper boards. The laydown boards. <laughs> lay boards. Oh, that's and what Shaq a, was saying. Now it's yeah. a thing. Uh, yeah. Clever motherfucker, Shaq. I love these laydown boards. These are nice, dude. Have you, no, actually, we overheard somebody say it and like, giggled at it, and then we started calling it that during the course. Oh, so okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> You've been with me in a coach course, Almometer. It's so obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. it I hate it. I, I guess I didn't hate it as much when I was the one in the course, but when I sit and listen to you do that <laughs> stupid goddamn dumb student voice, oh, man, the rage sometimes. I got to leave. 
<laughs> I think you know. Do you know why I do it more than anything? There's two reasons I do it. Uh, I think one of it is to entertain yourself. Straight to, up, hundred percent. Cure the boredom. hundred <laughs> percent. And two, it's effective because lots of students ask those crazy ass questions. So there's three reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to ease the tension, the stress of the candidate. No, no, really. Part of it is 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 candidates have a hard time discerning between. DJ being DJ or me doing my job yeah. and me being a student. So we encourage evaluators, we encourage examiners, have a character or have a role you play that's your student. So when you're working with candidates, they can differentiate between examiner DJ and student DJ. Does student DJ have an, like an alter ego name? Hi, I'm DJ. So that's a no. No. No, I'm DJ. We need to give him a name. Uh, instructor <laughs> DJ is Donji. My given name, if you never knew this, is Donji. D-A-N-J-I, like the word kanji, if you know what Japanese characters are. <laughs> like the word condom. I like the word. I was going. <laughs> Jumanji. When the movie Jumanji first came out, I mixed between condom and Jumanji. Finally, finally <laughs> could get people to understand my name. Donji like Jumanji. Finally, you motherfuckers get it. There you go. Um, um, if, if you're training in a course and I have to help you as an instructor... My name is Donji. If I have to help you as a student, my name is DJ. Okay. So there are very few candidates. You have to be in a one-on-one situation with me to do that. But Blair Hamlink, uh, Royce, uh, uh, a couple other people, uh, Saba, Sebastian, they all know me as Donji. So, uh, and Stephen Boyd, if you've ever heard him page me. You have, if you ever, have you ever noticed that Stephen doesn't call me DJ ever? Yeah, I've noticed it, yeah. 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 He will not. He's got an Asian fetish. That's why he dates Nicole Black. She's short. She's got dark hair. She looks Asian. <laughs> Stephen Boyd hooked up with her. <laughs> Now, I've also said this to both their faces. So, uh, I'm sorry, Nicole and Stephen, my bad. So, how did we get here? I don't know. <laughs> I'm super lost. I, I don't know either, man. <laughs> uh, we're spinning our back in courses. I, I have no clue. But mental. I remember when, when I did my coach course, you were my evaluator. Uh, and I had such a hard time because I was laughing at you fucking up. <laughs> like, DJ, you're better than this. Why are you fucking up so much? What do you mean? <laughs> Well, pretending to be the bad student. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best. <laughs> I, you don't even recognize that face <laughs> yeah, anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I, I, dude, I had a guy named Jason. <laughs> the Ram- mouth open. I had a guy named Jason Romero give me shit because I have this really blank stare, slack jaw look on my face when I play dumb student. And at some point he's like, yo, bro, there's no way students are this dumb. I'm like, dude, most students are never this dumb. Most people you teach this guy, I do a really good job. But it's when you meet the challenge, when you meet the challenge, you need to know these skills. And he's like, dude, there's no way nobody's a stum. I'm like, one day you'll see it. It happens. And Jace, When you get to that point where you have to reach the fix, like the hint, yeah. the tell, hint, tell, hint, tell. Okay, this is how you have to do this it. This is what I got to do. <laughs> Jason Romero sticks around at Scott. He, he visits us to do his rating and then sticks around for a week to do tandems with us. The very first student he gets, he walks up to me and goes, DJ, you set this up, didn't you? I said, what up? You got the student for me. What are you fucking talking about, dude? You didn't set this up? Dude, I got no clue what you're talking about. Oh, my God, dude. That stupid student face you make and that stupid student personality you have, I have that student right now. It's my first (laughs) fucking student. I'm not fucking kidding you. I've seen a few people like that. (laughs) Dude, I'm in the plane with Jason. We're sitting across the bench from each other, and his student's staring. You know know that look I get? (laughs) (laughs) Like there's drool I just gave Nick the look, and you immediately were like, "There's an asshole, man." Um, I that's the look the dude had, and I just stared at Jason as his students stared at me, making the same fucking face. It was so much fun. Uh, the mentor program is that's what we kind of were getting on and, and got sidetracked from. 
Um, we've talked about some of the weekends, but uh, as a mentor, obviously free jumps is a huge advantage. But what's what's the biggest take back? If I if you were if a friend of yours was saying, I am thinking about doing the mentor program. I'm concerned. I want to do it. Why? What would you say to them to convince them it's worth it? Well, for me, I I love teaching. I like teaching a lot. Um, when I was in college, I used to uh, teach at a private high school uh, on the side just for extra income and loved it. Um, the reason why I didn't go into it is because you don't make any money doing that, first off. Yeah. Um, and second of all, I don't think I could deal with high school kids all the time. Um, but <laughs> just seeing seeing it's extremely rewarding um seeing that aha moment on a a mentee's face especially if if they're dedicated uh to making you know three or four or six jumps a day and you're working with them the whole day and pushing their their boundaries you know okay you got you got this down now we're gonna kick it up a notch and then getting them further and further along that progression um, I think a good uh, a good one that I remember was uh, Aubrey Hicks when she was going through uh, as a mentee. Uh, we spent um, we did quite a few jumps together, but there was one day in particular I remember where she was struggling with getting that last little uh, foot before the dock. She'd get there just fine, perfect speed, perfect approach, and that last little bit was just so hard for her to get. And when she got that, like her face and free fall just lit up like crazy on the ground. She was ecstatic about it. Um, that I, I feel like that's beyond words. That's um, the reward on that is insane. It's the whole reason why I went and got my AFF rating. I mean, obviously, I'm not planning on doing that for a living. Um, I just love to teach. I mean, I, I would do it. I would do it just I would do an AFF. Uh, the same that I do uh, mentor jumps now, just for a free slot. I don't care about getting paid for it. Uh, you know what, Nick? We've got a plan. Every STP jump that he does at Skydive Spaceland, we'll split <laughs> the pay. Uh, no, let's just donate that to the uh, karaoke fund. Oh, there we go. Boom. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm sure I have a bunch of my account. Let's do it. No, <laughs> man, I'm not going to let you do that. Karaoke that's sponsored a, by Justin Grubbs. <laughs> uh, that's a fun idea, but no, that's not going to happen. So welcome to our newest advertiser, Justin Grubbs. Gravity, <laughs> Gravity Lab Radio brought to you by Justin Grubb. <laughs> Grubbity Radio. Grubbity Lab Radio. Grubbity Lab. <laughs> Grubbity Rab. I could do this on his tax right Grubbity Rab. <laughs> also this guy. Um, Brian Menard actually brought it up last night. We, we, he, we had him over and just hung out. And he, he did say he'd throw down and he would get involved in that money process. So, Menard, uh, I know you are going to listen to this at some point. I am going to take you up on that and uh, hit myself, Nick, Justin Grubbs up. Throw us 5 or $10 cash. Will you guys, I know you're fucking soulless and a ginger, but will you guys be honest enough to take that cash and put it into a, a pool together? Yeah. Yeah. Hand I, it to me. Let me know. I'll actually I bet, I, bet I can even get a few extra dollars out of Mr. Brian. Uh, you know what uh, I'm saying? Uh, tell him. Uh, tell him what. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I think this is honestly the first podcast that I haven't done that during the, you during the mic check. Yeah, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm holding it in now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll get I'll get a good one out before we're done. Giggity. Um, <laughs> That's what she said, dude. So I every now and then will pop those out, but I just don't have them at the quality you do. And Justin, you that was excellent, man. You make a good uh, anti bin. Uh, yeah, the anti bin. Um, 
Um, one of the things you said was giving back, uh, the aha moment, them getting it. But the other thing you mentioned was teaching, learning. D- how much do you feel like you've learned or your skill has gotten better because you've explained the same skill set to somebody? So much better. I, I've progressed so much more trying to teach someone to do something than being taught to do it. Uh, it was the same way uh, for me uh, in a professional sense, you know, with uh, electrical engineering and learning all that math. It's teaching other people. Like when I was substitute teaching, I think I was um, teaching people calculus one and I was in calculus three and physics two. It was helping reinforce like my skills, my background skills for those upper level um upper level maths and it made such a huge difference that I knew I already had a, a sense of what that was like and then doing it skydiving <clears throat> just same thing it ac- accelerates those fundamentals um, saying them over and over again looking at people's body positions being able to scan in a half a second and know what sign to give um, before they start moving just reinforces your body mechanics so much it's insane dude it's so cool to hear you say these things because i can remember only so many months ago where we're trying to talk to you about you should see this before it happens and now you're talking about it because you're it's not something you're now repeating to me as a theory it's something you're repeating to me as a practiced experience the national training laboratories uh, has done a little bit of research and many people have but one of the many learning cones out there uh, shows somewhere around like a 75% retention rate if you uh, practice doing a skill. So if you're going to practice this over and over again, you've got a pretty reasonable retention rate. If you are teaching others to do the exact same skill, the retention rate goes up to 90%. And that's one of the things we teach in good coaching, at least the rating center in our coach courses we teach, is to coach somebody till they can coach you to do it. Uh, that's not necessarily what you're going to be able to do every time. But if I'm coaching somebody, and and I think you've been with me when I've done it, I'm going to coach somebody, and they try to explain the theory to me that I'm saying to them, I'll commonly pause and let them try to say it. Because if they can say it back to me, number one, they know it. But number two, if they say it back to me, now they're teaching me what to do. They can teach me what to do. Is their retention going to be better? And and I think you're proving it just in your experience. 70 or 90% retention rate is is pretty high. And I think... um, a lot of the mistakes people make is they try to teach someone before having them explain it, especially uh, a mentor to mentee, because yeah, okay. they've probably tried to do something before. And rather than just teaching them like side slides, for example, um, if they've tried to do it before or they have some general idea, don't just teach them how you would do it. Yeah. Get what they learned, what they think they should know and tweak on it. And if they explain it to you perfectly, don't fuck it up. (laughs) Or if they explain it to you effectively, don't fuck it up. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Five of them are bad. Fix it. Five of them are good or acceptable. We can make them better. Five are good. Five are great. Take one of the good or great ones and be fine with that. And there's a few distinct ways to do side slides, but there's a reason why certain methods are much more effective than others. And, and, And sometimes it's more effective for certain people. And sometimes uh, there is a more effective way in general, but it doesn't work for everybody. Uh, that's the one thing that, that I see regularly is uh, we teach there's an art to training a student. An art is a- an acronym, A-R-T, assess, review, and train. 
And, and it doesn't really matter what sport you're teaching, what skill set you're teaching. When you first meet a student, assess, hey, what do you know? Hey, we're going we're gonna to work on this skill set. Tell me what you know about this skill set. Make sure you understand what they know because if they don't have any good fundamentals and you're going to teach some pro tips, you're wasting your time. If they know the fundamentals and you're going to teach the fundamentals, you're wasting your time. Get to know what they're at so you can build at whatever level they're on. Um, the mentor program, it, it's something that you've been super involved in lately. What would you tell people uh, uh, that people are thinking about getting on the program? That's, what you, that's why you would get them. There are people out there who are not even thinking about the mentor program, not even thinking about doing it. Is this something that you think most jumpers should get involved in trying at some point? About being a mentor? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so because you'll, you'd be surprised at how – uh, accelerated your progression will be when you start teaching others because you'll see their struggles may not be your struggles and then you have to figure out well okay if that was happening how should I correct that or how should I fix it um, uh, similarly <clears throat> when people like um, Val who are naturally slow fallers are trying to teach someone to slow down they may not know how to teach that or they may not know the most effective way uh, to be able to slow down or the little tricks and things you can do. Find somebody like me that has struggled for hundreds of jumps and know the better ways to slow down and know all those tricks uh, and learn it from their perspective so that you can further that knowledge on and then you know if you get in that situation you have those that, that extra bag of tricks to pull out because um, just like you said, you know, 120 hours of experience in anything and you're not going to be a master, but take those experiences from other people and you can add it up to many more hours than what you actually have. How many times have you learned a trick from a new jumper who on a mentor jump has said, can I do this? And you're like, I've never thought of it that way before. Yeah. Quite a few times. You know, I've learned from, from almost every rating course I've run, coach rating courses, canopy courses. People ask me regularly, hey, is this a good idea? And commonly I have an answer because I've been asked these questions before. But every now and then somebody asks a question. I'm like, hmm, let's talk about that. And I've learned so much from new jumpers, that fresh perspective. Uh, one thing we had a really hard time on early on and when, when Val and I first took over and you were in this part is getting mentors. And I think the hard part was is not a lot of – experienced skydivers that experienced the program today you were at the mentor dinner we had recently how many people raised their hands when i said how many of you used to be mentors <laughs> and you're now or mentees used to be mentors that was crazy two-thirds yeah. of the room raised their hand and said i used to be a mentor <laughs> and so it's so much easier today. and it's weird for me because i remember when i first raised my hand at the mentor dinner we had and it was just me and john cheeseman i say it's the two of you guys you and john were the <laughs> yeah. only ones it's so much easier now to convince people to become mentors because they understand the program as it is the, the becoming a mentor is becoming easier and easier to talk people into. But you know the thing that blows my mind is it's still hard to convince people to be a mentee. I, I don't know how often I see yeah, you know, a, a large number of less than 100 jump people on the DZ and less than 50% of them taking advantage of the mentor program. Um, why? Why do you think that is? Honestly, it's hard to, it's hard to tell. I, I never understood why... Um, for me, I, I already had an in, so I knew Chad, right? So Chad yeah. would introduce me to a lot of people when I was brand new. Um, and I was still a very shy person, uh, but I already knew um, 
That's how we met. Like the uh, manifest people. Yeah. And, you know, they would steer me in the right direction and say, hey, go sign up on the mentor board. And, you know, <clears throat> made that leap and then got in with those other people. And I could see that, you know, maybe you're, you're nervous about your lack of abilities. Um, you don't know who these people are. They're sky gods in your mind, right? How can someone possibly have 2,000 jumps or uh, however many jumps they have? Um, you know, I'm, they've competed on a global stage or they're uh, just super intimidating. Don't be intimidated. That's why we're there. We love to do it. Um, that's why all those people do it. They don't do it um, for their own benefit. They do it to pass it on because so much about, I feel like so much of skydiving is about passing on um, your knowledge, your skill set, growing the sport as a whole. It's a total family. Uh, it's, it's, we're not, it's not an individual sport, really. It's, it's all about your bros. It's, I, you know, the reason I think all of us got into the sport initially is the rush, the thrill, the extreme part that is skydiving. And the thing that's completely kept me in the sport is the family, the people. There, there have been years that I could give a fucking rat's ass about making a skydive. And, and I just care about seeing all my friends on the drop zone on a regular basis. And then, of course, there are years that, that and for the most part, the years are always, I want to skydive. Um, I just don't want to do it while it's cold. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> um, the, the people you meet. I think some of the things that I see that people won't get involved in the mentor program is one, one of the first things is is people see it as very structured jumps, and there's a lot of learning going on, and they just rather go out and play and have fun. And I get that thought process. I understand what they're thinking. But how often do you see mentees not have fun on your jumps? Hardly ever. Yeah. So there are a lot of fun jumps, and, and I could I, I firmly believe that I could go out as an experienced jumper with 30 skydives and make more skydives with my buddies in one given day than I can make mentor jumps. But I believe when I have 100 skydives, I'm going to be a better skydiver in the mentor program, and I am going to, in the next 200, uh, next 100 jumps, become even better. I'm going to excel. Uh, some of the things, I had a guy in a coach course recently, we were talking about spotting. Hey, man, so you're supposed to be able to coach to do this with spotting. You're supposed to be able to talk about this. I don't understand how I'm supposed to be able to do that right now. What do you mean you not don't understand how I'm supposed to be able to do that? Well, with 130 jumps, I shouldn't be able to do that. Uh, to get your <laughs> license, you have to be able to do that, number one. And number two, this individual never did many mentor jumps. They did one or two mentor jumps. Mentor program, we've talked a lot about how I do canopy coaching for the mentor program. We've talked about a lot of the free fall coaching uh, program and, uh, for the mentor program. But what else do you guys teach? Is it just about free fall skills? No, it's about ground skills. Yeah. I mean, I think a good example is how to engineer a skydive. I don't know yeah. if you know we have a new topic coming. Well, you just did the calendar. Yeah, how to, how to engineer a successful skydive, sure. Yeah, so we're actually doing, uh, this is a new idea, Nick. We're doing, uh, is it's, we, behind the scenes, I kind of called it uh, Mentor's Revenge, uh, Lazy Mentor Weekend. And what it is, the transition weekend, we're going to teach the mentees how we organize, how we engineer skydives, how we plan these things. And then we're going to say, you plan the skydive. And we're going to make the mentees plan the skydive on these jumps. I love it when there's a group of newer jumpers and one has uh, done mentor jumps with me and comes up and asks me, hey, can you help us out in designing the skydive? I love doing that because, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to do this. You know, this person falls a little faster. This one's a little slower. Here are some solid exits you can always do with your buddies. 
And I like to do that when we build like three or four ways as a mentor, like, okay, let's go look at the four way board. Like you can throw an H out with anybody and it's going to be solid. I mean, it's What's really H? hard to funnel it. A bow. What the H? Bow. What's a bow? Oh, a I know what a bow exit. is. A so bow you can is do it with three people also. It's triangle with a stick. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the <laughs> centers, uh, the centers have uh, arm grips and they take a side body on the point. And the tail has two okay, leg hang grips on, let on me, the let me centers. Say, slow that down. Say it one yeah. more time. Thank you. <laughs> the the centers have a, an arm grip where? Have an arm grip towards the back of the plane. Okay. And then... So that's our triangle. Yeah, and the point is side-bodied. So The point the, being the person in the very front closest to the front of the airplane for anyone who's not uh, super experienced here. Yeah, so the outside center has the uh, arm of the point and the inside center has the leg of the point. And then the two centers have an arm grip on the opposite okay, side. Okay, all right. Now I see it. Yeah, so you pull it out down the hill. And then the, the tail's an anchor. They have both leg grips, and they yank so the it's whole a, thing it's out. So everyone's diving down the hill. Is that right? Uh, no. Have I got it backwards? Backwards. Oh, I built it backwards. Yeah. I was thinking that the, the triangle was pointing down the hill with the stick at, at the end. Pointing up. Okay, uh, back up the hill. Okay. The setup of the outside of the centers at first got me there. And then when they he explained where they were grabbing, it reversed it. Yeah, I, I was having... I gotta see the picture because I'm still not in the full picture. Yeah, I'm a visual person too. I I, uh, <laughs> I was sharing the, the IBA has uh, some videos. Uh, IBA is the uh, International Body Flight Association. They're the ones that make uh, instructors for iFlight. They have a lot of tutorial videos, and they have one that shows all the. It's probably dated by now, but it's gonna show most of the uh, the the dive pool. I'll I'll share it. Who did their video? Who did the dive the IBA videos? I didn't do that one. Okay. Um, are they redoing? Are you doing some IBA stuff soon? Yeah, we're, we're redoing pretty much everything that's on the flyer chart. We already filmed everything from um, all the basic belly stuff, uh, back flying stuff, back flying, super positioning, two way belly. I think pretty much everything up to walking in the tunnel we just filmed. Wow. So I think it's 21 different skills. And I'm waiting for them to green light. Uh, I sent them the first one, so I built I built the belly neutral video mm -hmm. in the kind of the format uh, that I think is most effective with what we what we have, and I've sent that to them, and they'll they're l reviewing it now, and uh, they'll get back to me of keep going or make these changes, and and uh, so I'm I'm waiting on them. When the weather clears back up in Houston or at Spaceland, we need to get back on the STP videos doing the same thing. That get me the team, man. Yeah, I'm uh, just waiting on people. Yeah, I think it's gonna be uh, you and myself, and we'll figure it out. We'll work it out, man. We'll we'll make it work. So the biggest reason I asked about those IBA videos is because I'm just curious. What what what's your what like you you have a company doing that? Uh, I make videos from time to time. Yeah. Yeah, and and what's the company name you do uh, for iFly? Well, I made a joke. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love this. So I was doing videos for, I'll just tell you the story because you don't know. Uh, I was doing videos for iFly, and uh, they were paying me in trade for a while that I would just, they, we would talk and be like, hey, they want, they want to do this, blah, blah, blah. They want to do this uh, promotion for an event, or they want me to film video at an event and do an edit with it, whatever. So I would just, we'd make an arrangement beforehand. I'd give them the video, and someone would just put uh, minutes on a spreadsheet that was shared within the company. And then as iFly has grown, it, it all becomes more corporate and more everything has to be official and it has to be all tallied. So they started asking me for invoices. So you you know what the iFly logo looks like, right? Yeah. The little fly guy with his little round head. So I put a camera where his head is supposed to be and made it say iFilm <laughs> and sent that back. Like just made that into the, the logo on my invoice and just use all of my personal information. I wasn't making a business out of it. 
And I think I had probably sent them 20 something invoices before someone like pointed out what, oh, you made a joke about our logo. That <laughs> <laughs> was, I think LDub caught it. Yeah, I think Laura was the first one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, now y- you do make videos, but I don't think you really do a lot of, of just general for hire stuff. You're, you're kind of picky about what you do. Uh, well, I mean, I like, uh, doing work with iFly because I have a, you know, I have enough of a knowledge base about what flying and good flying looks like to build things like tutorial videos. I have a good enough understanding of, uh, their company as a whole to build, like, I do a lot of internal company videos for them. Like right now, I'm actually uh, our our boy Big Smitty Braden is mm-hmm. helping me uh, write a script. So the the video that I'm working on for them right now, aside from those IBA tutorials, is a video all centered about innovation, different new things that are coming up in iFly. So like they're introducing virtual reality into the tunnel, so that's part of the story. They're also uh, introducing they're calling them flight lights. They're these sensors that live on the outside of the glass that. Uh, sense when someone is close to it so they're they're using lights to imagine that you're trying to teach someone to side slide go up side slide the other way come down that that box shape yeah kind of like the belly dynamic stuff yeah so but except for their lights that that moves and you can you can can program the lights to go in any pattern that you want they're also playing tunnel tag with it where you know one light turns on and two people are racing to that light and then this other light on the opposite side i love doing that stuff so that's that's another thing that we're talking about they're they're also trying to uh develop a voice communication system where the uh, instructor can talk mm-hmm. um, to the student and to the tr- to the driver that they'll actually be able to hear them speak, and they're you know testing different microphones that are gonna do the best job of that right now. So anyway, uh, this is a video that is an internal company video for iFly. So it's kind of to inspire innovation inside their company, and it just speaks a lot to their uh, company culture. But I I think I have a pretty good skill set for doing all of that because I know enough about flying and have spent enough time inside their company that I can kind of put those things together. But they keep me busy enough that, like, I'm not really looking for, like, between my responsibilities with Spaceland as being a regular videographer, managing the Tano department, uh, producing video content for the Drop Zone, and then the stuff I do for iFly, like, I'm not, I'm not really looking to add too much onto onto that pile. So um, And then I regularly ask you for favors. <laughs> you're not the only one either. No, <laughs> but no, no I, I really do like staying busy, so I prefer it. Like when I get caught up and I don't have something to do on my to-do list and I got to start having feelings and thinking about my personal life, <laughs> it's not the, that's not the place I want to be. So I really like staying busy with those things. But uh, I, so, uh, why, why, let's, what, what was your next question? Because I now I feel like I'm rambling, but that you maybe had a, a, a point when you asked me that. I film. Yeah, that was it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I felt yeah, that was it's a joke. No, no. I also wanted at some point to share some more of those stories. So that was actually the perfect ramble. So that worked out really, really well. Um, it's super cool, man. iFly is actually doing that gig right now where they're testing VR goggles. People are flying in the tunnel with VR goggles. You talked about it last or two weeks ago. And getting to make skydives, and you guys are redoing re- these in some pretty cool locations and pretty good scenes. Yeah, we just did uh, Hawaii a couple of weeks ago, and then I go to San Diego on Monday. Nice. How long are you there for? Um, uh, these trips are, uh, I think they're going to be Monday through Friday for the most part until they start doing uh, the the bigger international ones. Like they have, uh, they have a long list that I mean, I really hope that <laughs> that it keeps going and that I get to go to all these places. But they're saying uh, Dubai. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, Switzerland, Chile. Uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, 
exotic list of places. But the, the way that this list came up is one of these ladies uh, who's a she's one of the heads of marketing for iFly. She put on the VR goggles and she's she's someone who, you know, she's more of a corporate lady. She doesn't really do it for the love of flying. She's not a skydiver. She would never jump out of an airplane. But uh, she did it with the she had the VR experience with a jump that they had just filmed over. I think it was at Skydive Lone Star in Austin. Wooing. And uh, she loved it. And so she said, oh, my gosh, this would be so great to experience skydiving at all these different exotic places. And so she worked with some people in iFly to just come up with this list. And so uh, right now they're sending they're trying to send me down that list. So I'm going to go until they <laughs> find somebody better, I guess. <laughs> Man, that's I, badass. Yeah, it's a c- super cool deal, and I'm happy that they came to to me and, and asked me to do it. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see. I, I'd really the like the thought to of someone in the tunnel with VR goggles scares me though. So I, it scared me too, and this <laughs> is part of what's what's covered in this video that I'm building for iFly because I bet it's going to be a scary thing for your your average tan or your average tunnel instructor to hear about. Of like, I'm going to take a blindfolded goddamn person <laughs> into the tunnel for the first time. Yeah, I've done so, enough two way scrambles having to dodge people and they could see me so the way that they're doing it is so it's uh it's so right now the the iFly first time flyer experience is two one minute rotations right so this the vr experience would be sold as an additional minute so it's your third minute so you've already been in the tunnel for these two minutes and with when you put on the headset um it's called video pass-through mode meaning you're still viewing the world through the Uh camera that's built into the phone that's running the vr program so it's not like you're fully blindfolded you can still see depth perception is a little odd but uh but you can you can still see and navigate from i mean you put this helmet on when you're sitting on the bench right near the door put the helmet on the instructor helps you to to uh, they push the button that gets the uh the camera going you walk to the door they push the button that the experience starts they can also see um what you're seeing through a monitor so they're kind of pointing you through this experience kind of what making sure you're seeing the parts of it that we're intending to show them and then uh and then the you know the skydive it's a, it's a minute long so it goes well with their minute long flight and then reality comes back again when the when the skydive is over and then they can see the door again grab the sides of the door and, and get out of the tunnel but the instructor really doesn't let go of them the, okay. the entire time so i was gonna say the only way it works is if they hold on to them. <laughs> yeah i mean but even experienced flyers like the instructors are holding on to me in there and it's like experienced flyers are really apt to backslide because you just don't have the visual cue that's told you to push your legs against the wind to go okay, where you intend yeah, to yeah. go. So lots of experienced people have their feet just on their ass the whole time. But uh, first-timers actually do pretty well because now they're not thinking about what they're doing. They're just enjoying the show. And like people that get that fishbowl effect in the tunnel that are like nervous because everybody's watching them, that mm-hmm. feeling goes away because now you're not inside sense. of a fishbowl. It feels like you're, you're skydiving. So I really, when they first came to me with that... I, I get th- that feeling still when I fly in the tunnel. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, when you mess up. Yeah. Shit, everybody <laughs> saw that. Hope I played it off cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I thought it was going to be kind of a cheesy thing when they when they told me what the idea was and what you know how they were going to do it. I was like, yeah, that's yeah, that's all right. I'm sure so you what guys. was the experience like for you? It's like fucking, watching your own it's, videos. It's cool, dude. Really? It's pretty cool. It's not as cool as making your first skydive. I would say doing the VR in the in the tunnel was cooler than the first time I flew in the tunnel by myself. That one, makes sense. One of my favorite VR stories you have so far is I think your first VR tunnel experience, you were on a skydive and you were on a formation skydive. You know where I'm going with that. Yeah, so um, I was when I got into the tunnel, there was only one instructor in there. 
Um, so I just thought it was me and the instructor hanging out. And so the the video that, that you're watching, you're on a group of people, and there's a part in the video where someone comes up and you build around with the, with these people. And while I was in the tunnel, another instructor had stepped in, and again they're they're watching on the monitor what I'm seeing, and he grabbed my hands at the same time that in the video that you're watching you see someone grab these hands that aren't yours, and man that fucked my brains up. That's awesome. But it was really neat, man. It was super cool. And I, I got out and pulled the pulled the helmet off, and I felt the smile on my face of that same smile. Honestly, the same smile that I see on a tandem student who lands from from their first jump. I had that smile. It was that cool. Did you and, reach for your hacky at the end? Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I would too. But just just to fuck with the instructors that I knew were watching, you know, like I waved off, like and because some of the stuff that I was watching, I had I had filmed for yeah. some of the test jumps that we did here. So yeah, it was funny to wave off and reach for my handle and watch my canopy open. Yeah, it was it was fun. It's pretty cool. Dude, I cannot wait till they have that VR system available in various tunnels because I, I'm an experienced jumper. I don't fucking care. I'm gonna. I want to try that shit. It's absolutely worth doing once. Yeah. It's. Uh, I don't know that uh, if I was not filming these, uh, if I would, you know, if I would go to iFly and I don't know what they're gonna charge to to do it for for an experienced jumper. But uh, you know, I I don't know if I'd be interested in jumping at every location that they're gonna have on the on the list there. But uh, checking it out it's, once, it's yeah. absolutely worth doing once. It was it was pretty neat. Yeah, I have two goals now. One is to check that out, and the other one is to go in the tunnel and e- either arrange with text or somebody uh, to either go in and keep my eyes closed or go in blindfolded inside my helmet, be blacked out so I can't see, and get them in there as a safety guard and be right next to me and say, I want, I'm going to sit here. I want you to let go of me. I'm going to sit still. I'm going to turn 90 degrees right, 90 degrees left, and I'm just going to go back and forth, just just probably four turns in, in the next so many seconds just boom 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 uh and see if i can do that in the relative space i have without creaming into a wall do not <laughs> let me hit anything i think we got to give you that blindfold i, I think that one thing that makes it more difficult and confusing to an experienced flyer for watching the vr experience is that your your brain is with a lot of skydiving and tunnel flying experience your brain is wired to move in that space in a certain way that it's like, <laughs> and I think that that's why everyone has that, has that backslide is because someone's like already there and f- like you're not, your eyeballs are already there. Like you're <laughs> not getting the cue to move over there, right? And, uh, but I think that that's what's confusing about watching the VR while you're flying is that you want to naturally do the thing that connects visually w- with the, you know, those sensors are all talking to each other, but the input that you give doesn't actually affect the VR experience because it's a video. That kind of goes back to what we were saying with uh, FS is all about eye contact. You go where you look, and you look where you go. Oh. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Creepy eye contact. <laughs> so on that note, Mr. Grubbs, anything you want to share with the world as we wrap this sucker up? No, thank you for having me on, man. It's, it's fun sitting on the couch for a change. And what I found out tonight is next week, uh, we'll talk about the guests here a little bit later on, but you're going to be producing next week, so we need to talk about schedule, because Nick, you are not available. Is that correct, Mr. P? I am in San Diego next week. That's correct. Dude, San Diego, America's finest city. San Diego. Discovered by the Germans. (laughs) (laughs) It's known as America's finest city, and it is absolutely my favorite city in the world. I fucking love the city of San Diego. So smuggle me in your fucking briefcase, suitcase, whatever you need. Uh, have you been to both of the drop zones out there? Skydive San Diego and Oceanside is the other one? I have not been to Oceanside, um, nor Skydive San Diego. Skydive San Diego used to be called Air Adventures and was located a few miles away, and that's where I started. Um, but I have not jumped at the new location under the new name. Same company still. But different location. Different location, okay. different name. 
Um, I used to live five, ten minutes from Skydive San Diego's current location. So uh, know the area well, just never got to jump there. Uh, so, yeah, you'll be out here. You'll be next week. Uh, we'll, we'll talk. We'll figure this all out. Mr. P, anything you got to share, my friend? God bless America. America. Make America great again. Let's do it. <laughs> Huge. Cool, guys. Till then, this is DJ. That is Nick Law. This is Justin Grubbs. This has been Gravity Lab Radio. Blue skies, we are out.